0: Path to Glory, a Warhammer Underworlds podcast that focuses on competitive gaming, player development, and community growth. As always, I'm your host, Iman, and I'm joined by Jonathan Davis. Hello. How has your week been? Or weekend, I guess? Um, very busy. I've been playing a lot of Underworlds games. <laughs> More than I yeah. expected to. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's that's specifically the case for you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, good, man. Uh, how is uh, the home and the...
1: The uh, work from home life, um, pretty good. It just every day seems to blend into the other one. Really, I can't believe it's been four months. So yes,
0: yes, it has. We're already in the second half of the year, so um, I guess for some people that's a great thing, and for some of us, we're just losing <laughs> our minds. July
1: is basically over, so yeah, which is which I is
0: don't. so crazy to me because I thought it just started.
1: I know, I know.
0: Um, well, yeah, for reference. This episode was recorded on Monday, July 27th of 2020, in case you forgot the year. Uh, the meta... <laughs> <laughs> How could you? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you might. I mean, it's just all blending in. Yeah. The the meta for the tabletop game is after the warm spat and Hrothgorn FAQ, including that gnarly far. And the meta for the online game is uh, just post Thorns of the Briar Queen release. Yeah. So, um, a little bit of... Uh, I wouldn't say stagnation, but um, consistency now in kind of the um, in the game formats, right? Both online and in the tabletop, officially. So we eagerly await more
1: releases. Yeah, we do, but at the same time, like I think these are pretty good metas. So um, I am happy with, generally, the way things are going. We've had, a, what, three or four weeks of the FAQ now? the And the FAR? Um, yeah, so. something like that. Going, going pretty well, I think. Um, I, of course, I am can't wait for new warbands, but uh, I am enjoying, really, the state of both of these games right now, the online and the tabletop version.
0: Yeah, I would say that I am pleasantly surprised with the tabletop version of the game. Lots of viable stuff, lots of cool things happening, yeah. and, um, you know, of course, it's great, but new stuff, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm I, especially the models, so.
0: Dude, the Crusher dude would like the backwards hand pose. Yeah, they're really cool. Um, Cool. Well, as always, we're also going to uh, cover some Underworlds news and community shout-outs. So, um, before we share any of that, uh, this is usually where we jump into our listener questions, but uh, no listener questions for this week. So, if you have any, please do let us know on our Discord or on Facebook, and we'll make sure we get them. Um, I actually think we have, like, one or two that we missed. So, no new listener questions, rather.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think we forgot to ask for them, so... We'll be yeah. better about that, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Uh,
0: so, Jonathan, uh, any news to share?
1: Um, yeah, a little bit. The uh, Warhammer Underworlds has announced that they, or the online version has announced they will announce the next Warband, um, I believe, this week. So we can look forward to what Warband they're adding to the online game. Um, yeah, and then, an,
0: annou- an announcement of an announcement.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um. They like to do a lot of teasers and stuff, so and usually they'll do it on their Twitch channel, I think. So um, keep an eye out for that. Um, also, for the tabletop, the Warhammer community had an article showing that they have a roadmap for Underworld. So that was cool. I don't think they've ever really done anything like that before. Um, yeah, I think I think it was because
0: like we hadn't got any news in a long time. First, it was yeah. Lumineth. they were like running the charts. And then um, Indominus dropped, which is the 9th edition box set for Warhammer 40K, uh, You know, yeah. which is Games Workshop's largest game. So, of course, it required a lot of uh, media and, and press, I guess, is the, the, the politically correct term. So um, Lots of cool stuff, but uh, I guess they just did this to let us know that they still think about us from time to time.
1: <laughs> yeah, I really appreciate it. I mean, uh, it's just cool to know, to know what to expect, at least, because there's been some silence for a little while.
0: Yeah, yeah, and they actually did, like a small cool thing where they gave a free to play adventure. Yeah. That uh, released this month, it uh, has that giant cyclops-looking ogre troll thing from uh, Warcry. Yeah. And you can play, uh, you can play into it, and it's um, it's fun. I've seen the cards look pretty cool. I mean, he hits like a truck as he should. (laughs) So.
1: Yeah, uh, I've heard it's pretty tricky to actually uh, kill him. I think he reduces damage and. Um, he might have, like, free damage or something. And apparently you can play him, like, four different ways. I haven't uh, gotten around to trying it yet, but I probably will soon. Yeah.
0: I, I just looked at the rules briefly, and I was like, that looks like a lot of fun. Um, but I'd rather go play with people.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah, maybe I'll get you know. my girlfriend to control the, the crusher. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. <laughs> that might be fun.
0: Just like she crushes your life in real life. No, she's she's very nice. It was a joke
1: <laughs> you know, she, she puts uh, up with this i I get to play a lot of i get to play with uh I get to do podcasts and play with toy soldiers
0: yeah no, so. yeah, no I, <laughs> I I guess it sounds really bad. I was just making a joke cause like know, you know, know whenever like gamers like girlfriends or wives or s o s call like we just drop everything and go, you know, <laughs> yeah yeah, So, cause, uh anyways, and he has an um, innate
1: smash. I just noticed that too, yeah, he gets pretty gnarly, he gets pretty scary, yeah.
0: Um, and then on August, we got the we got the good stuff.
1: Mm. Those orcs
0: and the witch elves. Come on, dude. Yeah, that's true. That's true. She, she looks cool.
1: I like the one with the whip. You would. <laughs> got that goblin mask type looking thing too. It's cool.
0: I think she's a sister of slaughter. Is the uh, the right term yeah. there, but yeah, they look pretty cool. I will say that some of them do look kind of stumpy, like um, like their proportions are a little
1: yeah um, you, I don't, I guess off. Hmm, and like, yeah, th- some of it I think might just be the the camera angle. I have noticed that a lot of the camera angles um, for these pictures tend to look a little two dimensional uh, if they're at certain angles.
0: That's fair. I think um. I think that was the case with the Wild Hunt, where a lot of people yeah. were quite negative at first. But then when you finally get to hold them in person and see them, you're like, wow, these are beautiful.
1: Yeah, I really don't know if I've had an Underworld model yet that really let me down from that perspective. So hopefully these ones will be uh, just as good as the other ones. They are really cool. I haven't I hadn't looked at them since the article came out. I'm looking at them now. It should be a lot of fun to paint.
0: Yes, or get commissioned. (laughs) Whatever floats your
1: boat, yep. (laughs) Tee-hee.
0: So what we got coming out in September?
1: Um, So yeah, they went over the uh, order of things in September. They're going to have a multiplayer expansion. Um, So that should be cool. And then in October, we're getting a free fighter card download for multiplayer, it says. So that sounds cool. Um, And then in November, we're getting a free downloadable expansion. We don't really know anything more about that. And then in December, we're getting Season 4. So that should be Oh, yeah. Yeah. Can't wait for that. Super hyped.
0: The card guy, or not the card guy, the card, or not even the card, the logo. You know, like the overhanging Spectre. Slash oh, face yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. over every season. That one looks particularly cool.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's it's very similar to the one that we have now, but um, also pretty different. Like it, it doesn't really look like anything like the Nightfall and Shadespire one, but uh, yeah, it's almost like it's a different creature or something. It, so that it kind of cool. looks
0: like Predator meets Nurgle.
1: Yeah, that's a
0: good way to put it. Yeah. Right, maybe that's maybe he's the avatar of the (laughs) urgrub.
1: Maybe that that is yeah. That would that would make sense.
0: Yeah, yeah. Looks urgrubby. Kind of looks like that insect ish, insectoid. I don't know. Somebody correct me.
1: Um, (laughs) Those crushes just look so cool. I gotta. I gotta gotta close that window. They're they're too cool. I'm getting distracted. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, my favorite one is the dude uh, swinging the giant. Actually, you know what? I think I like Morgok. Uh, the guy, uh, the leader, of course, who's like holding yeah. the one dagger and then one like reverse grip. I've never seen an orc fight with reverse grip. Um, and I think that's just so cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that one's my favorite as well. But I like how they all look pretty different. Um, like you're not going to get confused at all. So
0: it's cool. Yeah, and they look massive.
1: Yeah, they do.
0: Um, and other news, Indomitus just dropped, so, uh, if you're a fan of Warhammer, then you're probably familiar with, uh, 40K, which is like the big bro of all Warhammer Slash Games Workshop games, and, uh, lots of news and coverage for that, and, uh, I was very lucky to get two copies, so pretty excited to mess around with the, uh, Space Marine half, and of course, as I mentioned last time, if you're looking for some Necrons, let me know, (laughs) um... But honestly, they're, like I was looking at the, the models and the sprues, and they look so great, I might as well just, you know, maybe start a Necron Force as well. But I don't really play the game anymore, but I still love collecting the models and converting them. Yeah. And then when I stop procrastinating, I'll paint them eventually.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was always my favorite thing to do with my old Marines, was sort of kit-bash them. So.
0: Yeah. I'm, like, really into the 40k lore,
1: like, mm-hmm.
0: almost to the point where I wanted to start a 40k lore podcast. Yeah. Um, but then there are like, so many other people out there who, who <laughs> do it very well, and, you know, um, but it's, it's cool, like, I read all the books, Her- Horace Heresy, uh, there's this new, um, uh, like, War of the Beast was great, and then there's this new one coming out that's based on the *Indomitus Crusade, uh, which it's, like, a Dawn of Fire, mm-hmm. so that's pretty exciting. Like, I'm, I'm so, so lame, I have all the, like, limited edition collector books, <laughs> I don't know why, like, and I won't I won't buy a horse Heresy book unless it's hardback. And like, I miss some of them because they came out when I was quite young initially. Yeah, because it's like fifty two books of the original series, so I um, wow. I'm like trying to hunt down some of the books, and I got a lot of the like first twenty. I think I'm missing two of them, and one of them is Horse Rising, which is the first book. Mm. And um, I do have the like limited edition, like leather bound one that they did recently, but I don't have the original one. And every time I go look online, it's like millions of dollars. <laughs> wow! So, yeah, I I haven't read any of those yet. I need to I
1: need to get them on tape or something sometime.
0: Yeah. If you if you like painting or you do like long painting sessions, I recommend you do uh, the audiobooks.
1: Yeah, I've heard they're good.
0: So. They're they're great. They're great quality. I will actually read the book and then listen to it afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I'm giving Games Workshop double the monies.
1: <laughs> well, they make a
0: pretty good game, so I. I don't, I don't mind yeah. supporting them. <laughs> well, the reason I brought that up is because my favorite part about the whole 40k setting is I've made my own Space Marine chapter. Mm. We don't have to get into the details. Maybe one day I'll share them, but uh, um, that's my favorite part is just creating my own 40k chapter the way I want it to function, and it, it definitely fits within the like the laws of the universe, if there are such yeah. in 40k. Um, like no, like missing Primark or anything like that. It's <laughs> it's very much fits into like you could see them exist in the lore yeah um if you wanted to so yeah and it's cool
1: how they've left it open-ended like that where you you can do that kind of thing um yeah so
0: yeah okay, it's, cool. Yeah, it's pr- pretty cool but back to underworlds because this is what this is about
1: <laughs> i think the um next thing we have is our community shout outs um I, the first one i want to mention is that we have our newest patreon is Derek. So thank you so much for supporting us. We really appreciate it. We love it. you. We love you, Derek. <laughs> yeah, of course we know Derek, and uh, I think uh, I met him for the first time at uh, LVO. I think. Yeah.
0: Fun story about Derek, aka Captain Murder. <laughs> I'm like I'm arriving at LVO, and it was like really, really late slash early in the morning. Yeah. And uh, I was like, man, like I was gonna like just book it and just like crash on like on the airport like chair for like a couple hours, and then just head over to the casino slash hotel and then uh I was like you know what I'll just ping somebody and 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 Derek (laughs) is like hey man you can stay in my room and I was like oh awesome dude and like my first uh like meeting Derek was like funny because he was like already quite inebriated and he like gives me this big old hug and then uh, we go to his room and he was like I'm from Canada I was like I know that (laughs) Uh, (laughs) and he like brings out some like, like crown royale yeah. And uh, he was like, if you're going to stay in this room, you have to drink this with me. And I was like, oh boy, here we go. And uh, that was my first experience with Derek. And it was obviously one of my most memorable, just in the <laughs> hobby. Yeah,
1: I, I still have but, the, uh, the dice bags that he gave us that are, yeah, are also that he crown likes, royal bags. <laughs> yes,
0: which he like spilled half the, the alcohol into.
1: Yeah, I was able to uh, still have some of what was left, though. That's right. That's right.
0: Yeah, it was a good. It was a good. Uh, it was a good experience. Good trip, and uh, I'm very glad that not only is uh, Derek a Patreon, but just in the hobby, it's fun. It's nice to hang
1: out with him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and other mentions are Eyes of the Nine uh, Warband Wisdom episode has been delayed a little bit. Um, we should have it out soon, though, so you can look forward to that. Um, I also wanted to mention that friend of the show, Josh Miller, who I believe we met at ATC. We did. Um, there was two of them, but this is uh, this is the one who was playing Moloch. Okay, yeah, great. Yeah. Um, the- he has started a YouTube channel um, called DadBod Gaming that focuses, or DadBod Tactical Gaming, rather, um, that focuses on the uh, online version of Warhammer Underworlds. And uh, his, the quality of his videos is really great. Um, he does a lot of editing, and it's not just like his games' recorded, it's like um, tactics and like aspects of the game. And um, he has a really great like how to play video that um, is probably better than anything that <laughs> the official game has come up with. So um, I definitely recommend all that if anyone is into the uh, online game at all, or probably just Underworlds in general, or maybe they, if anyone wants to show it to a new player. Um, it's a good uh, good introduction, I think, and uh, in general the videos are just good quality. So um, I w- I played a couple games with him as well in our Underworlds league, and uh, that was fun too. So right on, yeah, great guy, and
0: uh, we've stayed in touch briefly from here and there, and so um, glad he's doing some cool stuff there. He's he's a great player. Um, another announcement or slash shout out for the community is uh, it's kind of a self servicing one. That Path to Glory Warhammer Underworlds Online League has finished its first month. Yeah. Um. So I know that this is something that you kind of run uh, for a majority of the, uh, actually mostly you do it entirely. So, um, but MCrat, for I believe he's in Australia.
1: Yeah, I'm actually, I need to ask him how to pronounce his username, but it's it's Jason Stanton, who's actually the one that runs Underworlds DB which is our favorite deck builder, I think. Yep. Um, so he's, he's currently number one on there, so congrats congrats to him. And uh, the way we're doing it is the first four weeks were sort of the like initial ranking, and then in this next stage, for the next six weeks, um, everyone's separated into groups, and they're just going to play everybody in their group, kind of like a soccer sort of... Uh, Situation, so, World Cup like yeah yeah so everybody's gonna play um to determine like the top spots and then at the end of the six weeks there'll be like a two week final like slash relegation sort of thing so like a uh, knockout round kind of the uh, the last two weeks like for the the people at the very top it'll be to determine the winner and then for everybody else it'll be to determine whether they go up or down um, the brackets or like the groups so. Awesome. Um, if you're interested in that, um, at, you can still join at any time. Um, you can just sort of jump in, and um, <clears throat> you'll just start at the bottom, and then you can work your way up. Um, it's basically one game a week, and uh, just let us know on the Discord if you want to join. So it's been fun yeah. so far. I've played four games, and I think I only won one of them. So <laughs> it's it's not it's not easy. <laughs> Got a lot of great. No no no. Some there. of
0: the the individual meta that has been created. Mm-hmm. And the players that play in it is, is quite interesting because it's so different from yeah. the current game that we know now, the tabletop version. Um, and I even feel like it's vastly different from what it was when Shadespire was still out because the the warband pool is a little different. Um, there's a, obviously some noticed, uh, noticeably missing members from the first season, but then of course Thorns showed up and what we can yeah. only assume is another um, more... I guess cooler warband cuz clearly Rivers <laughs> and uh shells and Axes aren't cool enough. So, <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, I think they have said that the next one's going to be from Nightfall as well, but I don't think they've given us anything other than that. So, um, it is interesting though um, so far in the you know, four, first four weeks of the league, we've had like 155 games and uh Steelhearts and Farstriders are the two with uh, best win rate and then uh, Magors and Skaven after that, and Thorns are actually only at 35%. So they're really not doing very well. Um, so that's pretty interesting. They,
0: they need those Nightfall cards, man. Yeah, I
1: think they probably do. So, <laughs>
0: um, also, um, in another league that we're running is the Path to Glory uh, Alliance Format League. Yeah. So that's been really fun. I think we're in the, we're in the second cycle now, and so, um, it's it, it's going to be honestly i'm really excited to talk about it which um we'll probably talk more about in our next episode but uh the games have been really fun it's been great community response so far and i've really enjoyed reviewing the decks and just looking at what the individual teams have decided or elected to play and mm. some of their strategies there like you've seen some really crazy teams like Malog Dispoilers and uh Skaven, yeah and then some more classic teams or teams that i would assume uh, that would be most people's go to, which is like Grimwatch slash Thorns, and then Hrothkorn, Uh and uh, Rippas, right? So.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's interesting because Frothcorn is a lot more popular in the team league than he is, um, say, at the recent tournaments. Um, so yeah. it's, it's a bit of a different meta, probably based on you know warband card strength. Um, oh, Oh, one hundred percent. But um, it's it's pretty cool, and uh, it'll be exciting to see, you know, the teams as they face off and who ends up with the best score at the end of it. So, very cool. We got some pretty hard hitters in there. <laughs> so, yeah,
0: yeah, lots of uh lots of friends of the shows and lots of uh players who have done very well at grand clashes if not won them outright, so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Some really stacked teams actually. <laughs> so, pretty yeah. exciting.
1: And I think we'll talk a lot more about that in the next episode.
0: Most most assuredly. Uh let's jump into some listener questions. So, um these are uh, some of the ones that we weren't able to get to, but happy to uh, have them uh, discuss here. So this one is from Wath Lab. Yeah. Uh, four dwarves and a bear. <laughs>
2: Which
0: I'm not really sure what's going on there, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> new week, new question. Don't you think that the heavy drawing meta puts an excessive emphasis on cards, and that it could be a bit detrimental to the balance between the two main components of the game, positions or positioning and cards. What do you think, Jonathan? Um,
1: yeah, I mean, I think um, I think this is probably something that we've talked about a little before. Um, we'll probably talk about it again. Um, I I, I kind of think of the game as having three components: uh, positioning, cards, and um, like attacking, and probably I would put dice in that. Um, and I do think that if you have too many card drawing mechanics. Um it could be problematic, or if there's too much of an emphasis on cards, it could be problematic. I think we've also ran into situations where um or could run into situations where the other two you know points of the triangle are too um too strong but yeah i would I would say that uh you know I would say right now we are in a very card draw heavy meta as I'm sure we'll talk about um when we talk about the tournament today, but uh I don't know if I think it's problematic at this time it's just we are definitely emphasizing a card draw matter at this time yeah
0: yeah i would i would agree right so when you when you talk to look at you know anything really if there's like three pillars or four pillars or yeah. four concepts that, in, that incorporate or create a game if any one of them are overtuned or given more resources or given more um, care or love or just even attention then it does throw the other ones off balance, right? And so, mm-hmm. um, do I think it's at a point where it's unbearable? Absolutely not. Do I think it's at a point where it's noticeably strong? I, yeah. I think so because, um, and it's something we've alluded to in previous episodes, where we talk about to the end and digging deep and frenzied search and a natural truce, where right. these are these are quite quite great cards uh, for the most part. Um, Individually and then as a as a collective, quite powerful strategy, in 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 of itself. So, I think it's something to be cautious about, something to be uh, aware of. But I don't think it needs like to get hit right now, uh, with a far list or anything like that. But yeah, d-
1: yeah, I would I would agree with that. I mean, I um, I think that because frenzied search is restricted, um, that is a pretty expensive cost. Um, and I would say it's the best card draw card we've ever had, and hopefully it's the best one we ever have, because <laughs> it's really, really good. Um,
0: yeah, great card, and uh, it, it, but you know, it's interesting, because if you look at some of the other more passive strategies, mm-hmm. where I guess you could incorporate drawing cards as a passive strategy, because mm-hmm. it's not interactive, is, uh, or very minimally interactive, rather, is that, right. if you look at, like, Acolytes, for example.
2: Mm-hmm. The there are time. three
0: restricted cards in that strategy tomes. Yeah, and if you looked at uh, Catafray relics, they were they're pretty expensive individually. After their uh, erratas, uh, the only other, uh, I guess, passive strategy in the game currently uh, is Lost Pages, and that one is a kind of a heavy tax in itself because it demands a wizard, and uh, it's a very clear cut uh weakness in that some of those upgrades just aren't very good right um and sometimes redundant when it comes to, like jared's spirited sphere and things like that so yeah um it can also
1: be hard to mulligan in
0: those kind of builds 100 percent, 100 percent, and and that's one thing i like about the last pages is that it's it forces you to play a very specific way and there are weaknesses that can be exploited yeah right yeah and i think one of the things
1: that ollie mentioned but to the end is that one of the things that it makes you do is spend all of your cards like you can't really keep cards at the end of your round you know what i mean exactly
0: exactly so you have to kind of just keep burning through them and yeah um or throw them away uh which there's no point right so uh (laughs) you know I, i would be concerned if there was more dry added to the game um yeah. So I guess, as you mentioned, it's something to look out for, for sure.
1: If we had a second card that was as powerful as Frenzied Search, um, that probably would be a problem. I think Unnatural Truce is like not a great card, but um, like I had it in my deck this last weekend. And I think it worked pretty well for me, but I didn't ever feel like it was that great. Um, and I know we even talked about not needing it in a to-the-end deck. And I would maybe consider taking it out after this weekend, although... Um, I think it did help me get through my deck faster.
0: Well, the thing about that card is is you're taking one card to replace an activation of drawing the card, which can be a lifesaver in certain situations.
1: It right? really can, yeah. yeah.
0: So that's the one positive spin that a lot of the online conversations, at least I've seen, don't really discuss. You know, they just talk about card efficiency individually, but yeah, holistically, it if it's worth an activation, it's probably worth incl- inclusion. For the most part,
1: yeah. And one thing that I really noticed um, is that when you are including both of those cards, it gets really hard to fit other things that you need. Like in my deck, I had trouble um, fitting in any kind of accuracy ploys. Um, you know, and maybe I should have had those in there. You know, so it's, it's definitely. Well, a I mean, yeah, you
0: definitely have to pick and choose, and that's the best
1: part about some of the deck
0: building aspects of this game, particularly. Yeah. Is you can't do everything. So, you either go all in on one thing or, you know, identify in other ways, and, and you try to move forward with that. But um, this kind of conversation kind of draws into our next question, which is uh, from Tommy Conboy, friend of the show as well. He says, I think draw tech is dangerous in any card game and it makes certain overpowered combinations more dependable. Either draw tech should be something easily attainable for everyone through a variety of different cards, or there should be none at all. And I find that quite fascinating because uh, Tommy has... Um, Famously, always taken draw engines in his deck. If you look at his first win at a grand clash uh, with a while, oh no, guardians. He had improvisation in it, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure if he had a uh, duel of wits as well. But I know he had improvisation. And uh, when I read about how he had done and spoke to him, uh, or read or been part of like group conversations on the discords,
1: mm-hmm.
0: he specifically mentioned that that card saved his butt so many times.
1: Yeah, and I think he actually didn't run any at the last event that he came second in um, against Ollie. And one of the things that he said on uh, the Steel City podcast was that he really wished that he had uh, made room for uh, the card draw this time. So um, <clears throat> it's, it's definitely powerful. I think he's right about how um, it does make overpowered combinations more dependable. And I think that you'll notice as well that the cards that are doing really, the decks that are doing really well with To the End um, and all the card draw are also decks that will utilize a lot of pushes um, and a lot of control ploys like that in order to score things like uncontested or um, path to victory and things like that. these um, deck is a great example of that. Um, and my deck at the last event kind of did the same thing, as we'll talk about. Yeah. Right on. Well, let's talk about it. Let's talk about the meta. Sure. Yeah. Um, So I guess the first thing is a question for you. Um, How do you think the meta has changed since our last meta episode, just a couple weeks ago?
0: Yeah, it's kind of a simple question to answer, (laughs) honestly, because I don't think it really has. Um, There have been more variety in decks because there have been um some more varied strategies but if you look at you know this last grand clash or grand clash like event this past weekend and then the last uh online clash event you'll see that the decks or the warband choices might be a little bit more varied um i i will be honest i did see more Grinwatch than i thought
2: Mm -hmm.
0: but um Aside from that, it's a lot of, what we talked about last time, a lot of to the end. Um, aggro is making a comeback, which we saw do well in the last event. And, um, you know, general strategies of, uh, relying on consistently getting your game plan across, either through card draw or through control, which I think was pretty cool to see. And then, of course, the objective war because they haven't really gone anywhere, um, True. At all in Beastgrave, right? What, yeah. what about you? What do you think's changed? If at
1: all? Well, I think what we've seen in the last couple of weeks is um, really just more of an exploration of um, the different warbands. I think you're right about the Grimwatch. Like, at the last Vassal event, we didn't see hardly any Grimwatch. I think there was one. Um, and this time there were six, um, which was tied with snarl things for the warband with the most players. Um, <clears throat> and they did pretty well um, they had a 66% win rate, so that's pretty solid, um, uh, I, the, I played two games against Grimwatch personally, and I think at least one of them was running to the end, which was an interesting, uh, combination for them, um, I'm not, I'm not sure if I think it's bad, it is too Lori that it's pretty reliable, and that you probably want frenzied search anyway, so, um, uh, makes sense, and it, uh, I, th- I think uh, that was the one of the games I lost. So <laughs> um, it did did seem to work. But in general, my experience over the weekend has been that Grimwatch seem much more balanced um, than before. You do kind of have to pick a couple things that they're good at and then lean into it, which I think the uh, far did a really good job of. But um, other than that, I think people are just kind of exploring. Like um, I don't see much aggro other than Rippas. I don't really think aggro... Um, is viable outside of probably Rippas and Wild Hunt. Um, other than that, it's to the end and objectives. And if you can do one of those things, then um, you're probably pretty good. Maybe Curse Breakers and Farstriders and Moloch might be the exception of that. Um, maybe some Godsworn Hunt, although I'm still not convinced about that. We'll talk about that probably more too.
0: <laughs> yes, we will. Um, well, so, you know, so our, our answers, almost for, for the most part, kind of uh, were in agreement. Yeah. Um, is there like a default strategy that you find yourself relying on, or perhaps you see
1: most people kind of uh, lean on? Hmm. I, I think to the end is probably the thing I would, see, would say the most. Um, I saw it in quite a few decks um, over the weekend. And I think that the positive way of looking at that is... Uh, it's pretty good for any warband like we talked about last time. Um, so if you want, if you have a warband that, you know, maybe you're not sure how to play them, you, you could build it to the end deck and then lean into the other things that warband is good at and probably do okay. Um, other than that, I mean, objective play is still solid. You just have to, you know, pick what restricted cards you want. And, uh, you know, aggro is just not really that great, but, um, it's doable, you just have to rely on dice and plus dice and accuracy cards and things like that. So, I don't know. I wouldn't say there's one default, but you definitely have to prepare for to the end and uh, objective play.
0: Yeah, I think I, I kind of, my thought process when I see a lot of these uh, decks and a lot of people's decision making is that, you know, a lot of people will go for uncontested or to the end or both, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. can you get that big uncontested play, or can you get that to-the-end consistency? And uh, that right there is a driving factor for a lot of decks. And I think some decks, like Ollie, um, mm-hmm. he did it both.
1: And I think, I think yours did both, too. So. Yeah, I think the two work very well together. because Because of to-the-end, you're going to have a lot of power cards in your hand. And that helps you set up the uncontested if you take a lot of pushes.
0: Yeah, because you'll just outvalue your opponent mm-hmm. through your cards.
1: Yep, whoever has yeah. more pushes tends to win the exchange there at the end. So. 100%. <clears throat> um, so what do you think are a good way to counter these strategies? Any thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, so it's kind of hard to um, counter to the end. I think the, the most pivotal card in the strategy we've discussed is frenzied search, right? Mm-hmm. And that has a specific requirement that you must be on an objective. So if you want to get really aggressive and you want to stop these uncontested and these to the ends or at least delay them you could play a very very anti push or or slash push deck
2: mm-hmm.
0: where you're taking a lot of cards that you know i think restless prize is actually a really great counter to both
1: yeah
0: um restless prize a nightmare in the shadows distraction uh, if you're if you have a faction uh, distraction that's great uh, mischievous spirits is like a go to now mhm And then I think aside from that, which is why we're seeing a little bit more aggro, specifically in the two warbands you mentioned, is because they're quick. And if they can get in your grill really quickly, you have a hard time uh, committing to to trying to do those other things, like holding objectives or drawing cards. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't deal with the threat in your face, you lose. Uh, Right. So that's for me, is the way you would counter it. Which is kind of, for me, I don't know if that's a good enough answer, because... It's almost like take the best cards in the game, and then hopefully you know it'll yeah. stop them from playing some of the best combinations in the game. but I mean, in a nutshell, that's a competitive game, right? And so you kind of have to follow one of those two rules, and if, I think if you can do both, that'd be insane. I don't know if you can do it consistently <laughs> enough, but yeah, you know, what about you? What do you think is a, is a good way to counter that, considering you've you've played with that <laughs> with both of those strategies quite recently?
1: Yeah, so I I think we're talking about to the end and uncontested. um, I don't really think there's anything you can do specifically to counter to the end. Um, I think we've mentioned before you could take one step ahead, but I don't find that to be worth it. Um, Maybe I need to try it. Maybe I need to put a deck together with that and just see. But um, I'm, I'm not too hot on that idea. I do think one of the best things you can do for uncontested is just make sure that if you can, when you move or charge, you're moving on to an objective. Um, It's always better to make them push you off and then perhaps have an answer um, yourself. Um, I would say you should wait to play things like mischievous spirits and things like that um, to try to cancel those things out. Um, I I, I think you're right about Restless Prize. Um, I included it in my deck. Um, To help me score uncontested and things like that. Um, And I don't think most people are considering it when they're restricted cards right now. So I found that if I have it in my deck, it's almost impossible to counter it. Because previously the best counter to Restless Prize was another Restless Prize. Now (laughs) it's like you need two pushes or something. Um, I also don't see very many people running sidestep. Um, like Very very rarely. Um, And I think that's a really powerful card right now. Because... Um You know sometimes you just need to get back onto that objective, or you know at the end you they'll distract you somewhere, and you know sidestep is the hard counter to distraction in a lot of ways um, yeah
0: it's interesting you say that too because um it's also a great aggro tool, yeah, I think it is just just in the exact same way distraction is I think there's a little bit more power when you can like move an enemy into a lethal mm-hmm. right versus you moving closer to someone, but even if you remove that lethal. Hex around in that scenario, it's almost the exact same card in a way. Right. In in terms of that aggro uh, aspect, which is pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, And I mean, you know, as always, a big part of this game is, you know, trying to figure out what the other person is trying to do. And then in your movement and target priority and like power card budgeting, um, you have to figure out how to stop it. So sometimes that's killing the fighters that are going to get uncontested, sometimes that's blocking it. Um, <clears throat> I will say that with uh, to the end, if you put enough pressure on um, those warbands, typically they're lacking um, accuracy, and uh, they may have damage upgrades, like great strength and things like that, but they usually don't have room for all the pushes they need and all the damage that, and the accuracy that they need in their ploys. So if you put a lot of pressure on them right away and can kill a couple of their fighters, um, especially their more important ones, um, they may find it's just too hard to score the rest of their deck, and although they will get to the end, um, you may be able to outscore them that way. So, um, I found that to work pretty well.
0: Yeah. I agree. One thing I did notice that is kind of helpful as a way to counter um, is, um, and it kind of actually, I thought about it because you said, I don't know if uh, One Step Ahead is worth it, is Daylight Robbery, because Mm -hmm. I've been seeing that card everywhere. Yeah. And it's actually such a powerful two-glory swing, because if you can get one of those early glories that you need to like cycle through your deck or play upgrades, uh, on a 50-50, you know, your opponent can steal that from you, and then now you... like, You wasted a card you scored almost, and then it just completely derails your strategy, because you're maybe relying on that glory to do other things or score more glory. And so in that respect, I think one step ahead is just maybe something worth considering again because of how often I see people get daylight robbery off on one another
2: yeah
1: and then maybe because of recency bias me as well right <laughs> <laughs> yeah at least one of my opponents uh over the weekend played it and i I, th- I was lucky i think it only went off once out of the three times um and it wasn't at a time that it really mattered to me like i i think i had a, you know it was like the second round or something so we both had a fair amount of glory by then but uh, it's extremely powerful in the first round yeah uh, just all, infuriatingly so <laughs> um, <clears throat> I actually had a player um, try to do a combo on me they killed their own Jigathra and then tried to steal that glory <laughs> and it didn't work so <clears throat> that was a funny swing in that game yeah that's that's crazy <laughs> they I'm were like sure are you ready for the power well. play and I was like do it <laughs> and then it didn't <laughs> work so. I think I got a strong start off of it, too, so it was it was not good for them, but <laughs> if it had worked, it would have right. been really cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm sure they got martyred as well off it or something. So.
1: Yeah, that would have been that would have been the ultimate power play right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good card.
0: So, um, what was the one war band that you saw this weekend that you didn't think you'd see?
1: Um, I think it has to be Godsworn. Um... I was not expecting to see so much um, of them. I played two different Godsworn players. They were the only two players at the event, um, but they did pretty well, um, which I think is also a surprise.
0: Yeah, right
1: on. Yeah, and, and and maybe I'll need to you know find out what one of those decks looks like, and I think I actually have one of them we can talk about. Um, maybe give it a try. I mean, we know to the end is reliable, and uh, one of the players did really, really well. So, um, there might be something to it. Right on. Anything for you?
0: Uh, I think, I, as I mentioned earlier, Grimwatch, like, I knew we would see one or two, but I didn't think we'd see six.
1: Yeah, that's true. I think, uh, I think there were two in the top eight as well. Um, yeah, fourth and seventh, um, going into the second day, so, um. Pretty good showing. So they're obviously not uh, they're not gone, but in in the two games I played against them, I felt like they felt kind of like they should. So I'm actually excited to you know give them another spin now that I don't like I don't feel like they're the noob stopper that <laughs> they were before. Or have quite the explosiveness. So
0: yeah. Well, since we're talking about uh, Warband performance, let's get into our tournament performance. So sure. Um, as we've mentioned numerous times now, we both attended the um, online community discord clash. It's the third one, uh, of the, uh, the year and of the summer. And so this was when it was run by Benny Monahan. So a big thank you to Benny for running the event. Everything went very smoothly as far as we could tell. Yeah. And, uh, it was, uh, it was pretty nice, uh, run through BCP, which, um, does bring its own sets of issues and challenges, uh, particularly when looking at the day two. So whoever has the highest score on day one looks like they won the event. Um, but, you know, that's something that I hope the BCP team can work on, Best Coast Pairings. Uh, but what did we bring? So I have been talking a lot about Wild Hunt in general. So as uh, no surprise to anyone who listens, I wanted to play something simple, something easy, something I didn't have to think about. So I built an aggro Wild Hunt deck with every ping damage card I could fit in. <laughs> yeah. yeah it, was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Um practice games went a lot better than the tournament day itself. <laughs> but um I mean I think I think it's a good deck and uh I think because it's aggro, you know, dice are probably the most uh important factor and, and fortunately or fortunately they're the most variable. Yeah. Right? So um sometimes it worked out and sometimes it didn't. Uh but overall, you know I, I mean I'm not too you know pissed about it it's you know i was playing aggro into like a pretty intense event so i'm pretty happy what happened there what about you
1: um yeah i played Magors. um kind of like we talked about last time um i think i mentioned that i had played a to the end uncontested path to victory style Magors fiends um, i refined that a little bit and uh figured i would take it it was between that for me and uh Rothkorn. Um, I think I talked about that last episode too, playing kind of an aggro style. Um, I that's what I played, played something similar to that um, in the previous vassal event, um, and it did okay. I I think sort of like what you experienced. Um, it it's just very dicey. Um, you know, if you miss a few attacks right now, like we don't have cards like, you know, ready for action or. Um, field by fury yeah we just we don't really have the accuracy and the extra attacks that we we have had in previous seasons so it can be pretty hard to uh to make it work i, I think you kind of have to do like a surge stacking style um which i think probably works well in Rippas and then maybe almost as well in Rothcorn and wild hunt but uh it's not quite the same as some of the aggro styles that we've seen in the past.
0: Um, yeah, I, w- I would like to point out to everyone that Jonathan uh, switch and baited or bait and switch everyone <laughs> because uh, last episode he was talking about how he's going to play this Rothhorn deck and it's like so cool and you stack all these objectives and surges and he was like giving out all his tech and he was like, I don't care if people know my tech they know what's going to happen and he just mined mind-tricked or Jedi mind-tricked all of you and then played something completely left-field, so... Maybe, maybe. Very tr- I don't, I don't very, know if very, anyone was... Very
1: tricky, Jonathan. I don't know if anyone had prepared for the Frothcorn, the although it, 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 I, I do think it's a good deck, and maybe I'll bring it to the next one, but... Yeah. I'm just I'm just blowing your leg. Yeah, yeah. I, it's funny. I actually played um, a few games. Um, some of them were... I talked about these last week. I played against Rippas, and then I played one more after the podcast and got absolutely shut out by uh matt from keep them guessing on youtube and uh i mentioned that on the discord and thought it was funny and then uh later on i play him again so (laughs) yeah it's it's funny how these things happen
0: well well let's talk about the games we played right so um i guess we can do you want to just do like each of us run through the whole thing or you want to just go round one round two round three round four for both of us
1: um, I think we could do either way. We can do. We can just do the. We can yeah. do the first round first, I guess. Sure. Uh, I guess I'll kick things off. Sure. I played. Actually, I don't
0: even remember what I played. Jeez. Um, <laughs> I played. Uh, actually, why don't you start while I look this up? <laughs> sure.
1: Um, I got to play, um, Zach with his chosen axes for my first game. Um, and this was interesting because it was a Shadespire matchup which, you know, I don't, I don't think you usually expect. Um, and, and, of course, as we know, and Zach was on our uh, Chosen Axes episode um, for the Warband Wisdom for that reason, um, Zach has put a lot of hours into Chosen Axes, and there's uh, no slouch with them. Um, his deck was very similar to mine, I think. Um, had Uncontested, had the Dwarven version of Uncontested. I think it only requires one objective to be held, so that's something. Um, but it's only two glory um and uh it was interesting i think um the first game was really close um i ended up taking it 13 to 9 and then the second game uh right at the beginning i thought he was going to basically take the game for me because he pushed um fuel onto an objective played regal vision played uh jealous defense to make an attack at my gartok and one shot him and then but he missed and then I single crit back with Gartak's reaction attack, hit him for one damage, pushed him into a lethal for another damage, and then in his activation he killed Gartak. But then I charged and killed him with Riptooth, uh, with Furious Inspiration to get to three damage, and um, that really swung it for me. Like I'll trade Gartak, who is you know one of my best fighters, really the way I was playing the deck, but. Um, I'll trade that for fuel <laughs> any day. Any day. <laughs> yeah. Any day. Yeah, and it's like if, if that hadn't happened, if he had hit uh, Gartok, or if I had just missed the reaction, I could have lost Gartok to Jealous Defense, and then his in his activation, he could have charged and killed Riptooth or Zarkis or something. And like the weird thing about my deck is it's a lot like a um, uh, Lady Harrow's deck in that if I lose. One fighter, I can still sort of do what I need to do. Stay on two objectives, maybe kill something. But once I lose the second fighter, and especially the third fighter, uh, my ability to do anything really goes down. And I'm sort of relying on my high health and my health upgrades because I had a great fortitude and potion of constitution in there. Um, But, uh, you know, once you lose two fighters, it's really, really hard to get uncontested or anything like that. A lot of the time I had Zarkis sitting in the back... um, With cryptic companion or Tomo glories, and then the other three, like sort of bullying and making sure one of them could hold something. Um, So that that game really could have went either way, but then right at the beginning it went in my favor, and I think I ended up winning seventeen to three. So, Um, but you know, as always, Zach's a pleasure to play against, and uh, I think his deck is pretty decent. So, Uh, you know, probably one of the better ways to play chosen axes at this time, anyway.
0: Yeah, right on. So um my opponent's going to kill me cuz I forgot what my first round was but shout out to Taylor Huss and uh and his dad Brandon uh awesome people we met them at ATC and um you know it was it was really fun playing Taylor he's a great kid and he was running far striders and so game 1 I lost the board roll off and uh he was having a field day with those dice man um <laughs> He was he was rolled a crap ton of crits on offense and defense. Uh, I remember it was funny because at one point he didn't roll a crit, and he was like, "Oh man!" I was like, "Dude, you rolled three successes," <laughs> um, and uh, you know we were laughing about it because uh, yeah, it was really it was so it was a really tight game, and I think the ping damage really helped me out here because I wasn't able to land attacks, but the ping damage was helping me finish these fighters off mm. and these distractions into lethals and things like that. I was running nightmare in the shadows as well, yeah, and so this like it comes down to this last activation where he uh, swings, and then I manage to crit defend. And then, um, you know, I uh, charge one of his fighters with Karthayan and, uh, you know, take him down, score a run down, um, cover ground, and then uh, I think gathered momentum because I scored mm. two other. Well, I would have scored it anyways, but yeah. it was a pretty pretty big play for me, and then I ended up winning 11-9. to So just wow. by the skin of my teeth, really. I was down the whole game, <laughs> but managed to managed to pull through, and then in game two, uh, I won the, ward, the board roll-off, so
2: mm-hmm.
0: I maxed offset with the amber board, which I know it's, you know, I wouldn't have done it in a normal game, you know, but it's, you know, we're playing competitive events, so what's my best opportunity of winning, mm-hmm. and I, you know, from the first game, I realized his deck was more dependent on getting kills than mine, so he was the beat down. so I made the beat down come to me, and uh, he actually scored early on we were pretty close on the glory and uh but then once i took down far strider and eagle eye it was kind of tough for him Mm -hmm. and so i ended up winning uh 13 to 5 there but uh low scoring games in general but uh was able to kind of build some of that glory diff up a little bit uh so uh wonderful games again taylor's a great opponent and i think if he had uh if he had won boards in Game 2, it would have been a different story, maybe, mm. for sure. But I didn't I didn't see much ping damage from him, so I was really interested in what kind of deck he was running, and we never really got to talk about it
1: uh, too much. Yeah, yeah I, I do think that can be a tough matchup for the First Riders, because um, I don't think the Wild Hunt... The Wild Hunt get a lot of glory off of just one kill, um, kind of like you were saying with all those cards, and then you also have the 2 glory for a 4 health fighter. Um, yeah,
0: which I forgot... <clears throat> can mean at any point in the game
1: oh
2: <laughs> for some reason
0: i was thinking like it had to be that turn and then i was like let me just make sure i read this right and i was like oh he just has to like the four the four wound fighter just has to be dead in general it doesn't yeah. testify when yeah, and i was incredible. like oh this is so much better than i thought it was gonna be so <laughs> which i don't know why i made i misread that but it was early it was like you know i don't wake up early on I the know, weekends I know. and it was like 8 a.m like tea time and i was like oh <laughs> so
1: yeah yeah cool cool um and then my second game was against uh Grimwatch with uh player Beardarm who I think his name is David. Um this yeah. is a pretty interesting game. The first game uh he won the boards, set up diagonal against me, which I think is pretty clearly the right move. Um and I just could not get two fighters into his territory to save my life. He did a really cool... He had a lot of push cards. He did a uh, pretty cool thing where he pushed my fighter out, and then he did the um, pack advance to move his guys, and basically just formed a wall um, where I literally could not put another fighter into his territory. Um, and I ended up you know, killing one of the fighters at the wall, but I just... Every activation... He was sort of one step ahead of me, where, you know, he'd bl- he'd block it, and then I would have to charge into the the wall he was creating, um, and I thought that was really cool. He he even even after he did it, he was like, "I'm very proud of this combination," <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, you should be. That, that you've completely screwed me up." <laughs> um,
0: yeah, I mean, it sounds sounds like it was really cool. Yeah,
1: and I think I I think I ended up uh, I think I made three charges that round, and I think uh, the first two had failed, so that sort of helped him create that wall, because half of it was me, and half of it was him, um, and I think Ribtooth eventually got a kill, um, and I think I had even scored Swift Capture and Steadfast Defender, like, right at the beginning, so I was like, this is going pretty good, and then it just hit this massive standstill for me, um, and then he inspired, and then I think he pretty much just blew me out, like, just killed everything, and There really wasn't that much I could do. Um, Ended up, I think, 12, which isn't a bad score for me, but he got, like, 22. So um, Mm -hmm. definitely one-sided there. Um, Then we started the second game, and uh, it was going much better for me. Um, I think I ended up killing... I think my first two attacks may have landed that time, killed a couple fighters there. Um, And then I was set up in such a way to get um, Path to Victory and, I think, solid gains, um, I had Restless Prize, and I was pretty sure there was no way he was going to be able to do anything about that. And then um, right as we got to the end of the first round there, my power went out in my apartment. <laughs> yeah, so, that was unfortunate. We, we've talked about <laughs> advantages and disadvantages of the online format and the uh, you know real-life tournament format and... Uh, one thing about going to Grand Clashes is I've never had the power go out <laughs> and have to stop playing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even if it did, you
0: could just use your phone. Right, right. right. It wouldn't. It wouldn't. Yeah.
1: Uh, wouldn't be the hard uh, cancellation there. So, um, so I, I basically just had to concede there because there was no way I could continue, and uh, we weren't gonna have time to finish the game in a fair way. I, I I'm pretty optimistic that that second game, you know, at, at that time was going in my favor, but I think given His strategy and the number of pushes that he had, he was also running, um, to the end. So it was almost like he was doing everything that I was doing, but his Warband is a little bit better at it. (laughs) So, um, unless I was able to get a lot of kills, um, and then sort of beat his power hand like we were talking about. Um, I think he had the advantage. So, um, although I think I may, we may try to finish it out. Um, we were able to save the game. Um, we might try to finish it out this week, um, just to see what would have happened. Um. You know, if I was, if I had to bet on it, I'd I'd probably give it to him. (laughs) So, um, yeah, wasn't wasn't too bad, Um, but uh, and I, you know, I took the dog for a walk and waited for the power to come back on. (laughs) Picked up worked on your tan a bit.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's really good sportsmanship on your end first and foremost, and and yeah, it is definitely a disadvantage when the power goes out. uh, (laughs) Which was funny because I asked you that morning, like, "Hey, you know, how's the weather over there?" And you were like, "Oh, it's great." And I was like, "Oh, it's storming over here." yeah um, I mean the but i had I had no power issues. The, the weather crazy. seemed
1: fine it was uh and it hasn't done that before. It's like maybe the it's probably happened three times in the you know the two years that we've been there, and weirdly, I think one of the other times was when I was in the middle of a online game but <laughs> you know what can you do?
0: nothing much man, just try to pick it up <laughs> in the next one yeah um yeah. Uh, so my round two was against Kirill, who ended up uh Finishing number one on the day, on day one of the event, which uh, is a bit of foreshadowing. So he was playing Godsworn Hunt, and uh, in game one I won boards, so um, I was really proud of the way I set this up, actually, because he he played a board and I noticed something immediately where, you know, his fighters were a little bit spread out. So I slightly offset it, I think it was like two hexes over, to where like all of my warband was like in charge range of like half of his warband, but half of his warband couldn't hit mine. Right. Um. And so I was was really, like, pretty excited. Um, But it's just one of those games where, like, uh, it's God Sworn versus Wild Hunt. So you're both fast, you know, and I tried to maximize my advantage prior to any dice being rolled. But at the end of the day, I was very, very sure that this would come down to dice, right? And so I was just hoping that maybe I had enough gas in the tank to um, to kind of overcome certain setbacks via the dice. But, uh, you know, we all play games where, like, the dice just don't go in our favor yeah and uh this was one of those games where uh, it was really challenging for me to um to kind of stay in it just because the dice were not on my on my side at all um you know he played a variation of Godsworn, so it was like pretty aggro focused lots of accuracy he did have daylight robbery Mm -hmm. he had frenzied search uh and he did have to the end yeah so there was you know we he, he snuck to the end in there for that Digging deep, uh, that plus t- uh, to the end, which is three glory. But the printed search is great because it, um, excuse me, there. Uh, it helps with uh, getting all those accuracy cards. Mm-hmm. And one thing I noticed is that uh, whenever he was uh, attacking, he always made sure he had at least one accuracy card, uh, which which is obviously the right thing to do. And and you know I tried to do the same thing, but I put a lot of ping damage in my deck. Yeah. And so, uh, so my deck. My power deck was like pushes, the accuracy, and then guaranteed damage, which which really helped close the gap in certain situations. Mm-hmm. But um, one of the most frustrating moments for me, just and it was funny because we laughed about it. But he <laughs> he single crit me three times with growl. Oh no! <laughs> in a row, which uh, <laughs> yeah you know it's like it's all it's all the crap i've talked about all over the years just came back and bite me in the butt so he's a
1: good pup or whatever he is yeah whatever whatever (laughs) yeah yeah.
0: you, you can't tell looking at him kind of but uh no i was i was reviewing and the cool thing about playing online games is you can review logs and uh just looking at the dice again just like doing the math it was just one of those games where there's nothing you can do right so um uh, you can't control what your opponent rolls, and you can't control what you roll. So, that one was a little closer, 16 to 10. Um, yeah. Uh, the the uh, to the end, plus digging deep, gave him that three, which was pretty, pretty solid because it doubles his lead. Yeah. Uh, game two, I lost boards, but it was a very similar setup. I mean, we're, we're both moving fast. I think I have the movement advantage initially because of Scath and mm-hmm. Um, And this game is funny because, like, Legane got the first kill. Oh, wow. Uh, on, on my side. <laughs> um, not in general.
1: And not because you sent him in first.
0: <laughs> no. No, 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 no. This was like, oh, man, I need to do something. Hopefully the cat hits it, but I have no accuracy guards left. Oh, yeah. Roll two Fury, get one crit. And I was like, okay, well, you know, I guess I er- I deserve that one. But again, it was another one of those situations where... My opponent rolled uh, a very large number of crits. Uh, Again, this doesn't take away from his strategy or his playstyle, because he obviously played very well, and he did very well. He got number one on day one, so I can't take anything away from his strategy. He played his deck very well. He had a great uh, glory boost at the end of the game, and he liked to make sure that he was drawing a lot of cards to stack into um, those accuracy cards that he could... I remember in one attack with Thedra, he played three accuracy cards. He's rolling, like, like eight dice. You know, yeah. like, I had no hopes of defending that. Which makes sense on that one particular attack.
1: Yeah, I, I think uh, that's how again. you need to play Godsworn. And looking at his deck, it, it definitely seems like he um, was trying to do that. And then he has Daylight Robbery, which helps them get that first glory, which is so important for them, because they need to inspire. Because, yeah, they
0: they inspire. And, yeah. and the... I've I've never really seen Oathsworn attack in a deck before, but you know he he stuck it in there, and I thought that was really cool. Um, but again, it's just like yeah. looking at the logs. He literally crit everything. Like in my notes, <laughs> opponent crit everything. This is stupid. <laughs> I'm very frustrated. Yeah, just reading like you know, That'll happen, but like yeah. it, it it happens, you know, and you, and and that's all you can do, and you just got to move on. And uh, he was a really really nice gentleman, really cool person to talk to, and uh, he he you know was like. This is crazy. This is, the, this, is, this is the best I've ever rolled in my life, and I was
1: like, "Well, hey, man, yeah, you know." I mean, that we've all been there. That happens sometimes. Sometimes you roll so good, you feel like you need to apologize, you know?
0: Yeah, <laughs> and 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 that's what happened. And so you can't you can't get mad at somebody, right? They're not they're not like purposely creating a crit, like they're just pressing Control F, yeah, like exactly. Yeah. So I, it's what happened, and obviously, like you know, you you vent to whoever you need to, but I was I was very <laughs> kind to my opponent, and yeah, yeah, it, it is what it is, and you know in an agro fest uh with a very similar warband style and glory cap in your game that was the one variable and it it'll it'll definitely tilt the the outcome and he got it so well played to
1: him and um yeah you know nothing you can do there yeah i i imagine his other three opponents on that first day had very similar experiences <laughs> from what, well, what i that's heard the thing right is
0: Oh, is it? Yeah. yeah. Well, because I mean, again, he's stacking a lot of these accuracy cards. Yeah. It's something that Jimmy did too at uh, Gen Con. But um, what with, with, but it was just like it was just like those rolls you understand. Like you can't yeah. you can't yeah. beat that. There's a lot of investment there. You have to take it. It's those roles where, you know, you're rolling like four or five dice. You get no crits. Yeah. And then he crits you out with one <laughs> dice. It's like that's when it starts getting frustrating. Um, but you know, I I, I didn't tilt. I was uh I was colorful in my language, but it wasn't it wasn't targeted to anyone. It was just Yeah. Expressions. Yeah. Right. I so. mean
1: I I think that's but, the important thing, just you know, maintain the positive attitude, be a good sport and vent about it later. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean you definitely got a phone call right yeah. after, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. I was just like,
0: Ah and you were like, Hey man, it's cool. Yeah. So, it happens. Um, it, it happens. Nothing you can do about it, man. So
1: uh, let's go into round three. Yeah. S- speaking of it happening, the next game I was on the uh, delivering end, I guess, of <laughs> of nice. Amazing Dice. Um, this was against Godsworn Hunt as well. Um, another player, though, um, I'm actually not sure how to pronounce the name. Evgeny, I think, is what it says in BCP. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, man, the first game was like... I think I either crit or just I hit and they didn't roll anything uh, successful, which I guess for God's one really isn't that likely because they're on one dodge, but man, it was just, basically I just killed everything. Um, and it was, it was one of those games where I was like, you know, I'm going to roll two smash on Zarkus and of course I'm going to kill you. You know, <laughs> Every, everything, everything yeah. just worked. So the first game was just ridiculous like that. Um, I ended up winning 22, which is a pretty big score for me, um, to 2. So it, it everything just worked. Um, the next game was much, much closer, and I think I got to see um, how the deck you know, actually worked and what <laughs> what the game plan was supposed to look like uh, on his side. And uh, we ended up tying that one 10-10, um, to 10, but uh, I believe I was wiped out. Um, and if I wasn't wiped out, no, I was wiped out. Yeah, he just wiped me out. So <laughs> I ended up losing on that. Um, and uh, then the next game uh, was not as heavily in my favor as the first one, but uh, it definitely um, definitely was in my favor. The interesting thing about the Godsworn into into Fiend matchup is, although I don't like losing a fighter because um, of Worthy Kill, that two glory is pretty devastating, It's actually a little bit difficult for Godsworn to kill any of my fighters before they have their first couple glory, Um, and I think this was the game where the daylight robbery failed in the first and the third game. Um, I think it went off in the in the second one, which I guess probably did help him win, Um, but uh, it did not. I don't think it went off in the third one. So. Really, once if you're able to kill Thedra and you're able to kill uh, Grundin, it's really difficult for the Godsworn to kill you. Um, yeah. Sean doesn't have concealed weapon anymore, so it usually takes two upgrades or an upgrade and inspired attack things like that um, to get him to the point where he can kill you. So um, it's actually pretty nice having those beefy fighters, um, and I, I that's one of the reasons that I thought this strategy would work with Magors is because if I am against one of these, you know relatively easy to kill aggro warbands like Wild Hunt or, uh, you know, Godsworn Hunt or maybe Reaver, something like that. Um, I was pretty confident that I would be able to out-aggro them and, you know, out-trade them, which is kind of what ended up happening. So I ended up taking that one 12-4, um, to 4, but I did drop a game, um, which, you know, I was worried that would hurt my tiebreakers. So um, uh, kudos to him for taking that one off me. <laughs> the other ones were just like... Yeah. I. These dice, you know, what, what can you do? But, um, how did your round three go? Yeah, so I played, uh, Martin Higgum,
0: um, and I played into Lady Harrows. And, uh, first game, he won the board roll off. And, uh, he was like, I hope you don't have purifying rights. And then he max offset me. And, um,. <clears throat> I was really hoping that I would get, he would just get all evens, right? And so I would get <laughs> maybe an odd. Yeah. But he, he ended up not uh, getting that. And so um, I got my, I just kept drawing, got my draw cards early, and I just started charging like a madman. Yeah. He got really aggressive with Lady, Lady, uh, Harrow, uh, which I was able to take advantage of. Um, I forgot, I think the anguished one who, like, negates crits. Oh, she's so good. Yeah. And, um, that was a close game. I think I won by two or three. Very close game. Mm. Uh, second game offset again. Um, dice dice were pretty even. Both first two games. Um, I was I was quite happy. Given the given the, given what happened in the last round, so yeah. I was I was pretty pleased. And so it was just kind of like, uh, when you when people played cards, when how it worked, and again like giving him having the board advantage is so is so huge. I think that's the most important roll off in that whole series.
2: Yeah, probably In that
0: matchup. And it was something I was very concerned about um, but you know I, I felt like I had the cards um, but uh, unfortunately it d- just didn't work out uh, i I always I always killed Lady Harrow <laughs> but I think I spent too many resources trying to do it in that game mm-hmm. which like cost me the game I think by like again like three four maybe five glory not in the very very close games and then in the third game he wins again, they I roll off. That. <laughs> offsets me so three times in a row, so it was a little frustrating, but again, yeah. I, I made the best of it. Um, this is where it got a little crazy, um, where he was just uh crits out the wazoo. Mm. So, um, again, nothing you can do there, right? Uh, we were in combat, we were, tr- we were trading blows, um, but you know, he got crits in more pivotal moments, and so again, it's just the way the game works, it is what it is. Um, you know, typical Lady Heroes playstyle which is, is, which is very strong. And he did it well. Martin did a great job. And he, he took every, he even said like, man, if this was a friendly game, I would, excuse me, this Thai food, um, I, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have done you like this, but you know, I'm trying to win here. And I go, no, absolutely. This is, this is what you should do because if given the role, like I'm going to like line up on the, on the line for you. Right. Right. And so I think, um, you know, it is what it is. And, uh, He's another one of those instances where your opponent apologizes. He's like, "This is the diceiest game of my life," and I go, "Hey, man, like it's all good." And so, uh, I think I got pretty pretty beat nasty in that third one. So, uh, <laughs> you know, regardless of the way the dice fell, um, it's a strong. It's a it's a very big weakness of aggro warbands is that max offset especially with Amber bones in the middle which is funny because I won the Amberborn matchup which is the hardest one
1: yeah the Amberborn yeah
0: but then, but I lost to the other <laughs> ones but there's some there's some great like lethals and block taxes he can provide and of course he's a ghost so he can move through them. So Martin played the the, the matchups very well yeah um, he played to his strengths and he made the right choices like Max offsetting me is the right choice and playing passively is the right choice and only going in, when you are able to score something else while, you know, inspiring on the charge uh, was, was quite powerful. So uh, very well played to him. And, uh, you know, it was a, it was, a, it was a close set. Um, and I, I really uh, would have liked to see where it would have gone uh, had we played like a couple more games, you know? So,
1: yeah, very, very cool. Yeah. Cause I think that matchup really does come down a lot. Like when both people are making the, the best choices, a lot of it is going to come down to that board roll off. And then when you are able to close the distance you know do those attacks hit um exactly. a lot of i find a lot of those games um and i had a couple of them like that later they really tend to swing on you know i charge and i miss and then you charge if you miss then we're okay but if you hit then i really need to hit the next one and if i miss that one and then you hit the next one then sometimes that can be like almost the game unless you know something really important happens um yeah, that it's, it's, it's kind of interesting you're a lot of the time you're just sort of hoping that things turn out average um absolutely and 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 you but you can't hope <laughs> you know like when you
0: when you can't yeah. right like i i really even and, and i and i reflected upon it after the game i was like maybe i shouldn't have put so much ping damage in here and maybe i should have put maybe more accuracy cards right because mm. i can't you can't like you can you can definitely just get boned by dice there's nothing wrong with that it happens all the time every day yeah um but I just kind of walked away thinking, like, you know, how do I, how do I make sure I, I make my deck better? And one thing I noticed was, like, I have Tome of Offerings in my deck.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I was like, maybe I need more draw. So I, I'll probably drop Tome of Offerings. Because, like, realistically, I'm only getting one to two glory off
2: mm-hmm.
0: it. And, and on the day of the event, it felt like I was only on average getting one. Right. So I can just swap it for, like, Amberbone Axe, because I already have Dagger and Sphere. Oh. And I get the same effect. Um, but then now I can get like maybe more draw, or you know maybe a pit trap or something like
1: that. Yeah, so. or even a more reliable objective or something. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I do think that's so. interesting because at least in my deck, I, I didn't have a lot of accuracy either. But um, I don't really need it because what I'm trying to do are, is position and that kind of thing more. So as long as I do roll sort of average and you roll sort of average, like I think I'll do well. Um, but for you, I think there is probably uh, a good balance between you know accuracy and ping damage that uh you know that could be worth exploring.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's crazy cuz like in the practice games, <laughs> you know, obviously I I played a lot against like Mike and his Malog, but Yeah. You know like it it worked pretty well. Um but uh yeah. Again like when you play agro it's it's a it's a dice affair and the lady heroes um are very crit uh not heavy, but crit. Um, prone maybe. Prone is a great word, thank yeah. you. Because of those two, dodge. Yeah, they roll a lot of dice, so. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, nothing, nothing you can do about it, and but I was, I was still happy. Like I, I thought, it, I thought it was a great set of games, and Martin was a wonderful opponent. And, you know, that's all you can do.
2: Yeah.
1: Very true. How about you? Ah, uh, game four. Yeah, so my game four was against uh, Philip. He was actually the uh, number one seed at the time. Um, even awesome. though I was two at the time, some foreshadowing. <laughs> even though I was two and one, there were uh, an odd number of undefeated players, and I guess I guess maybe I was the top two and one. I'm not really sure, but anyway, anyhow, anyhow I ended up playing um, him. He was playing the Grimwatch, um, and this one. I think I probably learned a little bit from how you know badly the game uh against beardarm had went earlier in round two, <laughs> um but also I think importantly, I won the board roll off um I think in both games um if i'm which is huge'cause yeah which, Magor stat lines off the jump are nasty, yeah, and especially in this matchup where almost the most important thing is just that I get bodies into his zone and don't let him inspire. Because the difference between Grimwatch inspired or not is just night and day, in um, their ability to kill my fighters. So um, I basically just you know charged in, and I would say that I probably rolled um, fifteen to twenty percent better than straight average. <laughs> yeah. uh, my deck only has Prize Vendetta as my accuracy card. I don't have anything else, um, and I want to say that probably failed for me more than just normal attacking. Um, I remember wow. at one point I uh, equipped it on uh, Riptooth, who should be the best one with it because full rerolls on three dice, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, charged in and completely missed. And then rerolled and completely missed. <laughs> so, you know, whatever. But then everything else seemed to hit. Like Zarkis and Gartok were champs. And um, in one of the games, in, in the uh, in the first game, uh, I think Magor. Two or maybe even three times um, survived attacks that he just, you know, didn't really have any. Like they would have just one shot him. Um, I think I crit a couple times, and I think a couple of them just didn't roll anything. And then they're just standing next to Magor, and of course, on two, two, two dice, I just kill like two or three fighters. Um, attack, attack, yeah. attack, and uh, so.
0: So I'm curious. Actually, sure. did you did you did you win more on just killing him outright, or did you <laughs> were you able to like follow your game plan? Because it sounds like you just. You just, like, brutalized him in combat.
1: Um, I want to say it was actually a combination. Um, I don't think I scored my uncontested very reliably, because Grimwatch are great at staying on at least one objective. Um, I think I did get Path to Victory a little bit, and I, I definitely just got a lot of kills. Um, my, I'm pretty sure my deck only has uh, 16 glory. Um, let me pull it up. And... Uh, 17. Uh, 17 glory, yeah. And I, I would say there's very little chance that I scored every card in there. Um, and my scores ended up being uh, 19 and 17. Uh, so 19 to 7 in the first game, and then 17 to 12. Ouch. So those aren't extremely high scores for me. Um, I mean,
0: 19 to 7 is pretty vast, I think. Yeah,
1: that was I think that sort of showed how, um, how much I ended up killing, because usually Grimach are able to get... You know, some pretty big surges and some end phase stuff. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, the dice, they just worked for me that game. And then um, I uh, I did get some good, you know, positioning plays as well. But particularly Magor staying alive, I think, helped me score some big glory um, in the one game. And then the, uh, the other one, the next one went pretty well for me too. Really just that board roll off, kind of similar to the opposite of what just happened in your game. Um, me getting the board set up I needed two times in a row really just gave me the advantage. And then the dice, um, you know, working in my favor when I needed them to, um, was important as well. I think one of the interesting things, I feel like we keep talking about dice, but, um, one of the things that I've noticed is everybody seems to know what they're doing. So like everybody's, everybody knows their deck. Everybody's making like very, I think, optimal choices, um, so a yeah. lot of these games really do feel like they're coming down to board roll-off um, and then dice in the, you know, key, key key times when you need them to. You know, usually right at the beginning or, you know, those big swings in the second round or something like that. So that, that's been my experience uh, there.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree. And um, th- I guess that's why it felt so profound. Um yeah. was because, like, you know, I, I played great opponents and they like you mentioned they played optimally and it just came down to the non or the the variables rather than the non variables. I do have a question. You mentioned Magor stayed alive a lot. It was <laughs> was like were you scoring what armor with him every game or was Riptooth, you know, being clutch uh, when he could cuz looking at your deck I think you only have two ways to score. it.
1: Yeah, I was relying on um Magor and Riptooth um, to score what armor. I was also running um, show a Force at one point, which also needs Magor to get a kill. And I ended up cutting that one because I found that it wasn't reliable enough if Magor went and I didn't like having both of those cards needing Magor to kill something. Um, yeah. I ended up cutting uh, that one instead of What Armor because Riptooth could theoretically score it and did you know, maybe two times during the event, something like that. Um. <clears throat> Honestly, though, the way I was playing, I, I typically was aggressive with um, Gartok at the beginning and then I would go in with Magor when I was pretty confident um, he wasn't going to die and then Riptooth was kind of my like Riptooth was probably my secondary after Gartok sort of my aggressive fighter um, so I didn't find what armor bricked too much unless I drew into it after Magor had died um, right. I, I was I wasn't like very careful but in general I would try to make it so that Magor wasn't the obvious one to kill Or wasn't the one that really needed to to die. Um, Usually, it was (laughs) Gartok that died first, or um, sometimes Riptooth, I think, too. But
0: yeah, yeah, it's it's funny you mentioned the show of force because I cut run through from all my Wild Hunt decks Mm -hmm. because regardless, like first of all, it's like so leader dependent. Um, but it's actually worse than Bold Conquest because you can actually control the Bold Conquest. Um, yeah, again,
1: failable conquest either. So,
0: correct, exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and and the thing is, is like everybody looks at Skathe and just is like, I must kill him first, right? <laughs> yeah. And and it's and it's also kind of true because he's when you get max offset, like he's your fastest dude. You know, he's a he's freaking half horse. Yeah. So, he's gonna run through. Um, actually, that was a pun. <laughs> I didn't mean to to do there. But um, I'll yeah. take it. And so it's it's it again, you know. Like run down is great because anybody can score it, and and I love run through, but um, scathe is is priority number number uno.
1: Yeah, and and I think so. there were a couple games when um, uh, you know I would I, I would have what armor and more was still alive, and I just couldn't hit anything. That happened a couple times, and I remember at least one instance where I only had Zarkus and Gartok left, and um, you know I couldn't score it, but. Uh, in, in general, yeah. I found it to be pretty accurate. It's nice that it doesn't have to kill anything, it just has to hit. And then um, with Riptooth, you know, on three dice, um, something like half of his attacks that go through will be crits. Um, you know, because it's, it's usually like a 50%, and then like half of those will be crits. So um, I, I found it reasonably reliable. I, I changed out uh, Show of Force for Steadfast Defender. Um, and I'm not sure what I would replace what armor with if I was to take it out. Um, it it was it was okay. So. I mean, maybe bold conquest. It matches
0: up really well with swift capture.
1: Yeah, that's true. Um, it does. And that, that that may have worked. I just didn't because Magor isn't really that fast right away. Um, yeah. And because he wasn't really the one that I wanted to be on that objective, I wanted it to be Gartok. Um, I think that's why I chose to do it this way. But I think that's a good question.
0: Uh, Yeah, I mean, it worked
1: out for sure. Yeah, I think it did in general. Um, So, cool. Um, That was my fourth round. Uh, What was your fourth round like?
0: Yeah, so I played Eric, uh, who um, was playing Eyes of the Nine, and we actually spoke about his deck last episode.
1: Oh, yeah, cool.
0: Yeah, and so it it was really kind. He... He's like, "Hey, before this game starts, I just want to let you know that I listen to your podcast and I appreciate it. Um, you know, you guys, what you and Jonathan do is great." And I was like, "Oh, that's really sweet. You know, really kind of you." And then he proceeded to kick my butt in game one. Um,
1: <laughs> that that so seems, seems to be how of, it goes. That's what happened to me in the last yeah. One.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember. I remember. That's why I c- kind of brought that up again. But um, so he he won the board roll off, which in this game is again pretty huge, right? Yeah, because we're every, I really like how you phrased it. Everyone's playing optimally, so it's the variables that kind of get you. So he longboarded me, and um, yeah. I was like, all right, cool. So then I kind of like got really aggressive with Skathe and Shiok, because they were the ones closest. And then he like puts the... the it was a very smart move. He summons the blue Horror in my backline, and then puts the Tome of Glories on it, even though he's not on an objective. And I'm thinking, like, man, now I'm going to charge... I have to kill it, because he's going to score glory but now it effectively divides my my force in half. And then I was still grateful cuz I could charge the blue horror and get um, kills or at least try to inspire. Yeah. So uh, but then he kind of does something really cool. So as the game progresses, um Scaith takes down mm, so I killed Tarash cuz he did a calc risk and I just distraction him back into the calc or the the lethal. Uh, yeah. And that actually happened in in uh, I got a lethal kill from in, in all three games. Because we did go to game three, and um, and then he's like uh, his Vortimus, uh just nukes Skade, <laughs> and um, Kacharik does like a no Kacharik hits him really hard, mm-hmm. and then uh, uh, you know pushes and then he distracts him out of range so I like I can't even like throw my javelin mm-hmm. and then it was it was so it was just uh, and then Kacharik flickering steps, and then starts wailing on the guys who charged the Blue Horror. Oh wow. So it was like a, it was a genius play. And I just was like I was like damn you 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 got that really nice. And uh Kacharik just started murdering people cuz flickering step you don't get a movement or charge token. Which one is So he just flickers, flickering step. Or you have to roll a dice and if you don't roll a channel
1: Oh, the teleport. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: The teleport. Okay. So he just teleports like next to one of my my dudes. I think it was All Chops her in half. <laughs> and then charges uh Charges Carthane, kills Carthane, and I was like, yikes. Because like, I forgot he does three damage off the bat. Yeah, so. he
1: does. Yeah.
0: Pretty nasty. Um, so, game two. Uh, so, I, he won 16 to 13. So, and he's playing a control build, so his, his glory ceiling isn't very high. Mm-hmm. The, the purpose is just to stop me from getting my glory. Um, was it, but the thing is, to pain the, damage the end, or anything or like that, or just. Uh, yeah, I think to the end was actually, I think I can. No, I can't pull it up, but I think to the end was in okay. it. Um, but yeah, d- definitely I think so. focusing on
1: denying you the uh, glory.
0: Yeah, yeah, and then in game two, I won boards. Um, so I picked the amber board, put it straight up, and then he picked um, one of the boards. I think it's the green one. I forget the names, but there was like block Texas in them in the front. Yeah. And like, it's actually a deceiving board because if you, you you're like your instant in reaction is to put the block Texas in the back. Um, because, you know, you want to, like, have free reign into the zone. Mm-hmm. But I actually was like, hold on a second, I flipped it around, and even though the block text are on the front, every single one of my guys on the line can still hit every single one of his guys. Ah. But if I had done it the other way around, I wouldn't have been able to.
1: Yeah, is it the Penitent Throne with the two block texts that are connected and then the two Lethals? It's like, yeah, it has, like, a weird C-shape of block text. Oh, that one, yeah, the uh, star dial yeah. from the first season.
0: Something something like that, and so I was like, uh, "Okay, yeah, sure." No, no, it wasn't that one. It was the green one. It's the Nightball board. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, I know what you're talking. About. <laughs> yeah. So um, he and so I just charged four times, and I hit four times, which is pretty oh. neat. Uh, and I like got Kacharik out of the way very quickly. <laughs> he was on a he was on a um. He was on a lethal, or He was on. A, so he was on an edge mm-hmm. hex. I played encroaching shadows. Then I played Distraction. Then I played Lethal Ward. Oh, no. Then I played Nightmare <laughs> in the Shadows, and then he fell into a lethal. Wow! Yeah, that's um, the ping damage stream so, right there. Yeah. So I, um, I was able to do that, and um, and then I just like I wiped him by the end of turn two. Oh wow! So um, <laughs> the dice weren't completely against you that day, I guess, huh? <laughs> yeah, well, so no, so it worked out for me. That yeah, because I I guess I kind of got uh, it evened out in yeah. the end. Because, um, um, you know, I I finally got some really good dice, and he was like, "So that's what happens when Wild Hunt charges you four <laughs> times and don't mess."
2: Yeah. And
0: I was like, "Yeah, it kind of does." So I I just cycled through my deck um, pretty quickly because uh, I wanted to get into that game three because I knew it was going to be in case it was long boarding. I wanted to have time to think.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I won that one pretty heavily, fifteen to two. Oh, wow. And then luckily, I won boards again in game three. Very nice. Um, so, I kind of did the same thing again. I was really afraid of Kacharak, so... Uh, I ended up killing him through ping slash lethal again. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, and he, he did get a charge off and missed. But the dice were a lot more even in this one. I had kind of went both ways. But I did get Tarash, Narvia, and Kacharak in the first round. Okay. Either, like, through charges or through ping damage mm-hmm. or, or lethals. And then, um... Then it was Vortimus who was actually really hard to kill. Yeah, I bet. Uh, actually, the, how I killed Vortimus was he, uh, um, what did he do? He played, you um, know, the, the card's in my deck, <laughs> Jesus. Um, center of Attention. Uh, he yeah. played Center of Attention on Shiok, who had hit him for four because Vortimus had five wounds because of an upgrade. And he was like, I'll play Center of Retention. And then he moved Vordemis onto a lethal, or not a lethal, an objective token. Then I played Lethal War. Oh, no. <laughs> and he was, uh, he was like, damn, I forgot you had that. And so, otherwise, he was he was getting some pretty big glory pretty quickly. Because I think I was up by 10, and then he closed it out to where I was like, he was only like 3 below me. Huh. And then I managed to run through and get some more cards. But I won that one 20 to 15. Okay. So, yeah, I was... Uh, Again, like you know, the variables were 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 on my side, uh, at least for the board roll off, because yeah. we both agreed that that was the most important role of that <laughs> of that set. So
1: yeah, because um, yeah, if you're because your guys are so fast that if you're able to you know inspire probably three of them, and then you know maybe get a kill or two, or in this case, <laughs> sometimes all of them, or <laughs> sometimes three of them. Um, yeah, it's definitely going to be uh, in your favor. I can see that.
0: Yeah, so it really worked out in this case and uh, I I did feel like I didn't like not that I deserved anything, but it was like, you know, I'm glad the dice didn't just abandon me in this set. And Eric's a great player. Uh very tactical, very methodical, and very um very patient. Like he he would be very quiet at moments. Um to where like sometimes I would be like, "Hey, you still there?" <laughs> um but it was just because he was so, like, he, he was probably weighing every single option he could, uh, like, make every play. And I really like that, because with Eyes of the Nine, it's such a high skill ceiling yeah. that you have to do that. And so I think, like, that if that first game was any indi- indicator of his skill, like, he's, he's, he's rocking it. Because <laughs> that, that, was, that was insane. Like, the, the, I was just like, oh, wow, I just got outplayed here. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, kudos to Eric, for sure.
1: Yeah, that is the fun thing that's really fun about these events is everybody's everybody has just been playing a long time. They know what they're doing, and uh, none of these games are easy. So even if you play, like, kind of a you know strange warband you may not have expected, like Chosen Axes or, you know, Godsworn Hunt, something like that, like Eyes of the Nine. Yeah. So.
0: Actually, I was talking to Jimmy about it, and, uh, you know, we were just talking about you know games in general, and he goes, you know, at the end of the day, like this isn't chess, right? <laughs> like, in chess, even if someone is one percent better than their opponent, they will win ninety five percent of the time. Hmm. But when it comes to you know this game, because there's so many dice involved, um, that even if you're a very very good player and you're maybe playing someone who's not as good as you are, and and it could be anyone in the scenario, it's not me or anyone else, yeah. like. Jimmy was like, I'd honestly give it to where you'd never have more than a 75% chance to win. I wouldn't give it more than a 75% chance to the hashtag, or quote-unquote, better player. Mm. Right? And, and that really stuck with me, because I was like, I actually don't disagree with that at all. You're quite spot on. No matter what. Like, because there's so many variables that are in the current version or iteration of this game. Right. But particularly the
1: current meta, I think.
0: Yeah. Exactly that you're never going to have more than roughly a 70 to 75% chance of winning a game, even if you are, quote-unquote, the better player.
1: I mean, everything is very reliable right now. Um, so I, I think I would, in general, I would agree. Um, I think in, in, in the past we've had um, maybe hard counters. Maybe. Um, but I don't, I don't know yeah. if we've, I don't, I don't think we're anywhere near that right now.
0: Uh, well, yeah, and, and it's, it's interesting because like, you look at some of the success people have had in the, like, the earlier seasons of this game. You know, ourselves included. And, yeah. um, you know, there's just less people playing at those times. Because as a game naturally progresses, more people are at least, at the very least, aware of it, if not playing it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you have more articles, more podcasts, more videos, more games under your belt. Or you've just picked up so many things overall. So, while you may be, you know, hypothetically a slower learner than some, someone else, eventually, like, we're at, like, a, a tipping point where, like, it doesn't matter. Everybody who's been playing the game knows what's going on, and if not, can pick up pretty quickly because they have the resources, right? Yeah. And um, so th- th- that's really fascinating to me because as this game continues to grow on, people are only going to get better, and we most certainly cannot rest on our laurels. Not that I don't <laughs> think we, any of us were in this situation. Yeah. But, you know, I think there is, like, a general uh, expectation that, like, you know, Oh, I think I got this or like, oh man, like this person's better than me because they've done well. And you know, sometimes, you know, the person who when at first glance you might not think can win will win. And I think that's probably one of the most wonderful and terrifying aspects <laughs> of this game.
1: Yeah, right?
0: Yeah. Cuz and it's not to say that skill doesn't matter because it must 100% does. But if if two people are making optimal choices as you've mentioned. Then it's just and we've talked about this actually a lot this phrase, right? Where like it just comes down to those variables, which I think is is really neat because that's kind of one of the wonders of the game. I, I wonder if there's a way in which we can uh or not we but the the uh, the designers can look at that aspect of the game moving forward and try to minimize that, but uh yeah. I also think it wouldn't be a Warhammer game at the end of the day, right, if, if crazy stuff didn't happen. Because those are the moments that we remember and talk about.
1: So Yeah, I do think some of it is a side effect of how reliable decks are right now. Um, like in the past, um, you would have you know decks that were not as reliable. You wouldn't get through your whole objective act. You wouldn't, um, you know, like that kind of stuff. Um, a lot of the end phase stuff was reliant on the state of the game in the end phase. Not the, you know, like you wouldn't have great gains or... You know some of the easy end phase that we have now, so I do think that that sort of lends a little bit to it. But I also think you're absolutely right. Like the the skill level is, uh, I don't think we get nearly as many mismatches um, as we used to. Um, So you know it's like when you know when we play or when we play with Mike or we play with any of the other um, people we regularly practice with. um, A lot of the time it's either like one of us makes a mistake and that's why we lose, or you know it's super close and the dice kind of decide it so it's uh yeah it's really cool as we kind of get into the you know like we've played this game for a while and uh i think we've we're really able to see the players like mature around us so
0: yeah i think that's one of the best parts about is being content creators as well because like that's our purpose like that's at least you know i i I know that that's our intention is when we created this podcast we wanted everyone to to like learn from it and, and 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 grow from it as players and it's it's actually kind of weird to see it and and, and and by no means am I saying that we're taking credit for it, but just in general, from all the output of all the creators and community members and just TOs and people in general who are just being great members of this community, you're seeing the community mature and grow. And uh, I wouldn't say that it's come to fruition, like our goal, because our goal will always be how can we become even better than we are yesterday. But yeah. it's it's crazy, because like when we started Path of Glory a while ago, a lot of people were still asking... like certain questions like i every once in a while you'll still see like the shard gale versus life surge like conversation right yeah but like like or at least we did for a while like every week it was like some new person asking but like now you won't see that and it's 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 kind of cool i I know i kind of (laughs) just went in a random direction but it's just really cool to see that as as that was the intention the whole time
1: yeah i do think it's a cool season of the game like i think with all of the um, you know, COVID-related stuff, the, the people that have stuck with it are the kind of the diehard players. And I do hope that, you know, once things open up a little bit more, we can get a lot of new players in and, you know, we can um, help that as well. But uh, these events have been great. So
2: <clears throat>
1: definitely enjoying that. Um, I guess that's it for the first day. Um, so Surprisingly to me, I actually was able to come in eighth by one glory. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had the same tiebreakers as uh, Mads, who was playing uh, the Curse Breakers. Uh, but I had one glory on him. Three losses and like 49 glories, something like that. So I ended up yep. making it to the second day, which <laughs> I wasn't really expecting. Hell yeah. Um, I had to wake up pr- pretty all early. The, I, can, I can just
0: hear all the, the laughter and celebration from the Team Jonathan people. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, the, the illustrious
1: team, Jonathan. <laughs> um, then, uh, So, how did game one go?
2: Who'd you play? What, what so, happened? I
1: ended up playing um, Kirill, who you had played the day before and was the number one Godsworn. I guess the way that the pairings were done, it was because I was an eighth and I was against the top seed. Um, and. You know, honestly, it was. I guess I was pretty tired. I don't really remember the three games very well. Um, I know in the first game, like they all kind of blend together, unfortunately. In the first game, um, everything pretty much worked for him as far as the um, the main thing that Godsworn needs to do, I think, particularly in this matchup, is they need to get a couple glory um, early so they can inspire the fighters so they can start one-shotting my fighters. Um, and. Basically, that was able to happen um, according to his plan. Um, I was uh, pretty impressed to see how well the um, card draw and the weapons... um, He had Larval Lance, he had Amberbone Dagger, Amberbone Spear. Um, I had sort of assumed that you probably don't want to run those weapons because um, you you kind of want to get the advantage from the stats of the Godsworn, but I think it turns out that sometimes inspiring them is good enough, and then for some of the fighters, they actually do want the weapon, like Ollo or Jagathro if she stays alive long enough, so um, I was impressed to see how the uh, the deck worked out. The first game, uh, he got me by 10 glory, I think it was 6-16, to 16. and uh, so I was, you know, I, I, I had been surprised to see the Godsworn go undefeated in the first day, but you know, I lost the first game, so <laughs> that's like, we'll see what happens. Um, and then... I tried, man. I really did. <laughs> yeah, the, the second one um, was in a lot sort of the opposite of what happened in the first one. Um, a lot of things went my way in that first game, um, or the second game. Um, I think I basically ended up wiping him out uh, right at the beginning of the... Um, I want to say third round or right at the end of the second round. Um, the thing about Godsworn is they're really not that hard to kill, and I don't think he had any. I'm looking at the deck now. No, 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 um, no. Don't die cards like rebound or dark destiny, um, anything like that. So <clears throat> um, basically, he just didn't roll any defense dice. You know that whole round pretty much, <laughs> and I don't know if I missed very much either. So I ended up wiping him out. Um, Crucially, I think, I didn't play uncontested or show him that I had it, um, so I don't know if he knew that it was in there because I didn't score it in the first game, and then even though I wiped him out and could have scored it in the second, I knew that I was going to win, so I just didn't play it. Um, I didn't want to risk an opportunity coming up to score it um, in the third game um, and then have him you know stop it by moving somebody on there or something. Um, so I ended up winning 16 to 7, um, although I think I could have added three more for uncontested if I wanted to. Um, uh, and then in the third game, I'm pretty sure I won the boards or he won the boards and set it, I forget, but either way it was set up diagonally, um, which I think is better for me because I don't really want... I don't want to risk um, his powerful fighters powering up and uh, killing mine. Um, And as long as I have two objectives to hold, or one in my territory and then one in his, to get uncontested or path to victory, then I'm pretty good. Um, And um, basically I ended up having pretty good dice in that game, and I was able to get uncontested off in the first round, which gave me a pretty sizable lead. Um, I think I got at least one kill, and then an uncontested. And he had a couple really crucial dice rolls. Um, I don't think he had too many of his plus dice, and I think at one point he had a three-dice attack on Riptooth that would have gotten him worthy kill um, for Mm -hmm. three-glory kill, and he missed. Um, I I did attack two times with Riptooth to try to kill the Thedra after he had missed, and I also missed, you know, which was nice. Was good for him, but um, I think he really needed that to go through and um, missed a couple other crucial attacks. There was a Haymaker attack he made that missed, and you know, just those kind of things, and uh, eventually I was able to take it uh, 18 to 12, which, you know, plus 6 is not really that, uh, that big of a difference, you know, when he's sometimes getting 3 glory for kills, and things like that yeah um and of course i had to the end as well so we kind of canceled each other out in that way um so it was a it was a good set of games i think Zarkas also got two glory from uh cryptic companion i think there was a a larval lance attack that could have shut that down and he just missed so it was it was dicey either way i guess his i guess his (laughs) he even said something like his uh dice from the first day had abandoned him (laughs) so um, right.
0: And and just to confirm, we're still talking about the one hunt game, right? Cuz you mentioned Ripa.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I meant Riptooth. Yeah, okay, my Riptooth. cool. I was I was yeah, yeah. I was confused. For, I thought I was like is that Grol looks <laughs> like, Okay, cool. No, no, no. He, his Got Thedra it. attacked my Riptooth. Um Got it. and Got missed it. and then my Riptooth attacked a couple times and just continued to miss. So it was a little bit of a Got flub fast in that that round, but my uncontested ended up uh you know really helping. So
2: yeah,
0: no, that's awesome, and and I'm glad you were able to uh, get revenge <laughs> for the team. Right, right. But uh, but as you can see, the deck is is, is pretty is pretty uh, consistent. The um, the Godsworn Hunt
1: player, uh, Kirill's deck, and so yeah, uh, I think so, and I like uh, that they had the um, Amberbone Dagger as another way to get what armor, because there was the dagger and the Shond and the Archer. Um, I think yeah, Olo, Olo has it yep. too. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think uh, I think maybe used to run. Uh, maybe mutating Maul, I don't remember, but or maybe. Sh- I definitely <laughs> did. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so yeah, I thought it was a good deck. I'm not surprised that it did well, and uh, he played it very well. Um, it's been a while since I've played a really good Godsworn player, um. So it was cool. I, they're they're always they're a warband close to my heart. So. Good yeah, games. absolutely.
0: <clears throat> so you
1: make it to the uh... Semi-final, I guess top. Yeah. Top top four now? Yeah, top four. Um, And this was actually pretty funny, because last episode I talked about how I played um, Kyler on the Discord, um, played against his Rippas with this deck, and it was one of those ridiculous games where I just rolled super hot. Where you just, like, destroyed him. Yeah, I remember that. right after we did that podcast, I played one game against uh, Matt, who's with the Keep Them Guessing YouTube channel. Um, And... I think this is the first time I've ever played him, and man, his wolf attacks just beat the crap out of me. Um, and it was really mm-hmm. funny because, like, I just I lost super hard, and I, I think that's a good matchup for Magor. like I still think that. Um, I could be wrong, but <laughs> four health is a lot for them to chew through, and you know I have pretty good fighter stats, so um, that that was my suspicion anyway. But uh, uh, he ended up, you know, really really soundly beating me in the practice game and uh so i just kind of laughed about it i told uh kyler about it on the discord and then um you know went to the tournament and then the whole time at the tournament i was like i hope i fight some rippas cuz i think it's a good matchup for me and then uh then find that i play matt in the semi final <laughs> and i was like wait was that you i played the other day and he's like yep and uh i was like all right i just need your wolves to be a little bit less accurate and we should be good <laughs> And, uh... And, of course, that did not happen. In the first happen. game, it did, definitely did not happen. Um, I th- he basically just killed, um, Gartok in the first round. I did hit a couple wolves. I think I had one at one health, one at two. But Riptooth also yeah. got down to one health. Um, and, and really for Rippas with three fighters and, you know, they're only going to get three charges. Um, I think he made a, a bow attack. I don't, I don't think the bow attack hit, but, you know, they have that surge for attacking three times, um... So they need those extra bow attacks. But, um, you know, for those, it's very, I think it's very unlikely. or It's not like I should expect to lose Gartok and almost lose Ribtooth. But that is what happened in the first round. And then basically I knew that I was going to lose Ribtooth right away in the second round. And kind of like we had talked about with my deck, once I lose that second fighter, Um, the wheels really start to come off, because a lot of what I'm relying on for my deck is that you're not going to be able to kill my fighters fast enough, and I will be able to hold what I need to. Um, But, you know, just didn't happen. And and the thing about rippers is is they are um, deceivingly accurate. Um, It's pretty likely they'll hit you with one of their attacks. Um, I think he just hit me with the first two wolf attacks, you know, on a single smash, they, shouldn't. they should miss half the time, and then half the time they hit, you should defend it. But, you know, that's yeah. what happens. Um, it's kind of like what I was talking about earlier, where it's like, you know, if the first attack hits, that's okay, I just need the second one to miss. And then, I, then when I charge in, I need that one to hit. Um, but sometimes, you know, it just it just works. Um, and and he also just played it really well. You could tell that he had been practicing. Um, like, we had played a practice game. He said he had been practicing with it, and uh, obviously he did well in the tournament up to that point, so, um, kudos to him, he blew me out in that first game, uh, 8-23, so. uh, Wow. The the really cool thing about Rippers right now is, they really have a lot of reliable glory if they can get a couple kills, and when they do get a kill, a lot of the time they'll score one or two objectives, maybe, maybe three, because they have cover ground, they have gathered momentum, um, all that, and then, um, you know, they're, I think he was running Tome of Offerings and Trophy Belt, which I think makes a lot of sense to me. Um, and so, you know, a couple of those kills were three glory kills. And uh, you only need a couple of those to really put you ahead. So, um, very yeah. well played that's on the, his part.
0: Yeah, that's the cool thing about Rippas is that they have such great faction objectives yeah. <clears throat> that you don't need to tap into the restricted line of things. Mm-hmm. And so you can you can really have fun with those uh, upgrades, or you can get that spirit bond. Um, yeah. You know, as you mentioned, the tome, the glory, and then uh, man, I already forget the card <laughs> that you're always on guard. Yeah.
1: Um, survival instincts.
2: Yeah. Yeah. There he you didn't go. have that one. He was
1: running calculated risk, which I thought was an interesting um, ploy. I know some people don't like those on three man warbands, but um, or not ploy, but like an interesting strategy. Um, Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, in one of the one of the, one of the games, he just charged in and you know hit me and scored that, and it was like, well, that that totally worked. So um, you know, he didn't seem to mind because a lot of the time he would just score it with his little fighter, um, and then that's an upgrade on Ripa, and you know, and then the the train <laughs> kind of starts. Um, one card he was running that yeah. I thought was pretty cool was Smell Weakness, um, which gives you Cleave and Ensnare if the fighter is wounded. Um, I don't know if it played like a pivotal part in our game, but uh, I know, um, I know it was re- good, really good for him in other games. Um, <clears throat> I think he played it in ours. I honestly don't remember. Um, I was dying so quickly in that first game. <laughs> yeah, uh, what happened in the second? Uh, game? The second game was uh, a little bit closer. Um, he went in with he longboarded me actually, um, and which I'm actually okay with. Um, I think I might actually prefer it. Um, I was hoping that he would go in and miss, which he did. Um, but then I think he, uh, and I have scored, like, swift capture, but I had to throw away my objective hand in that game. And, actually, I threw my power hand away as well. And then whatever I drew into was, like, to the end, and I think fired up, and something else that I couldn't do much with. So I even had to discard a fourth card, um, and I did, thankfully, get swift capture. Um which I was able to score. Um, but then in the second round, Ripa, I think, hit Magor for two, and I was positioned in such a way that I could kill Ripa with my uh, Riptooth, because I was able to inspire him with various inspiration. And if, if I was able to push him into a lethal, but I charged in and missed. And that it actually happened in the first game as well. I charged in with Riptooth, and, you know, granted I didn't have any accuracy on him, so it was probably a 50-50, Um, but it missed in the first game and it missed in the second game and then um, basically we just kind of hit each other there for a little bit and uh, I ended up losing uh, I think three fighters in that second round Uh, and then it was just Zarkis left at the end and uh, he only got me by a few glory in that last game Um, I think it was 10 to 12 Um, there was a little bit of a confusion between uh, at one point he missed me and I I think I did my reaction, but then uh, I think I had thought well, it was an activation, so I used the wrong attack, and but it, it didn't really end up mattering. Um, I ended up trying to hide Zarkis in the back and using Tomo Glories to get another glory, and then uh, uh, I don't think I had Cryptic Companion either, but it didn't really matter. He was able to uh, you know, get some of his big scores and take the game by just two, but uh, there wasn't really anything I could do to make up that difference, so... Yeah, right. So it it was a it was a good set. Um I it's it's interesting. It's one of those things where I'm not sure if I it's it's that's the third time in a row he's beat me with that deck. So I, <laughs> I guess I guess he knows what he's doing. But um I feel like it's one of those matchups I want to try more because I I think it could go differently for me, but I'm not sure. So and he definitely played it right. So
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I still think that you know, Ripa does really well. So we we talk about you know these small elite warbands with a lot of yeah. wounds that are susceptible to um, uh, decently accurate opposing warbands that move really quickly. Mm-hmm. And so I mean, there's like a natural advantage I think just innately in terms of speed and and raw aggressiveness that, uh, uh, ironically, the corn warband has a hard time keeping up with. Um, <laughs> But, um, you know, I, it sounds like the first game just was dice, you know, we've both been on receiving and delivering ends of that, but the second game sounds a lot closer, especially because he longboarded you, which I think, you're right, it was a mistake, given the way your deck was designed. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, I guess... Well, and that's and that's one of the weaknesses
1: uh, of my deck, and, 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 you know, it definitely bricked in that last game. Um... And that, that, what that made me do was rely on what are effectively coin flips for attack actions. And, you know, if I was playing a more aggressive deck, then, you know, maybe I would have had more, uh, more accuracy or inspired attack or, you know, something like that. So, you know, it was, it was choices that I made, and then when my objective deck bricked like that and I had to rely on the dice, um, you know, that's not really a position you want to be in, so... You know, that it's just attack 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 and whoever you know ends up getting more through but and, and I would say that his deck kind of wins um, by default if he's able to get a couple kills get loaded with plunder um, cruel hunters um, things like that there's not going to be much that I can do um, if he's killing my fighters and I'm not able to score my big scores so uh, it was it was a, it was a cool matchup and um, I would be interested in trying it again sometime. Yeah. We definitely uh I'm actually more interested in,
0: in Rippas and and uh the two the end strategy more so than I was previously. Mm. So I don't know if it if I'm saying all those two go together, but yeah. uh I've actually uh haven't really given Rippas much thought. I, I tried an acolyte build very early on, but I think it's almost impossible now.
2: Mm.
0: But
1: uh Maybe. I am curious. Yeah, I mean, with to the end. You never know. Anything's possible nowadays. But yeah, uh, I mean, in in uh, in uh, Matt's deck, he has a Tome of Offerings, and then you just don't take Trophy Belt, and you take maybe calculated. Maybe you don't take Calculated Risk, and I think there's something to it. Yeah. So,
0: yeah, I mean, I guess you could
1: take Vitality yeah. uh, Offerings, and um, yeah, and I mean, they have some great great end phase cards, like. As far as Warband and face cards go, they have two of the best ones, with Cruel Hunters and Loaded with Plunder. Yeah,
0: Cruel Hunters and Loaded with Plunder. Yeah, yeah. They don't
1: give up a lot of glory either, so I think I think they're a good one. In theory they give up three. <laughs> yeah. Usually usually two, though. Usually two, yeah. And usually they're getting a lot more than that from kills, you know. So Well overall you had a still,
0: you know, despite the fact that you went into a matchup that I would say that you <laughs> yeah. were unfavored against. You gave it a good show, and the second game was definitely an indicator that there was, perhaps, ways in which you could have uh, overcome that, given, uh, you know, a couple of dice rolls here and there. So, uh, kudos to you, man, and congratulations for uh, getting top four uh, with, I think, the only Magors and um, one of the, like, one of three uh, Shadespire warbands. So... Yeah,
1: I think in the first day there was a Skaven... Deck above me. Joey was playing um, Scaven, and it's interesting. I, I had figured that you know it probably would have been to the end, but it was actually um, just objectives, which I thought was pretty cool because he went undefeated on the first day. But um, day two, I was the top Shade um, and and there you go. Cool. And and if yeah. and if there are any Max Bernstein's listening, I think I was also the top podcaster. <laughs> just saying. Um. (laughs) that's
0: awesome i love that um i really do actually that's great that's juicy um but no like i think there's been a lot of talk about you know shade spire warband struggling here and there and and of course yeah there's some that do but um you know i guess if you are creative and inventive and uh, follow like general strategies and, and make them your own then why not so, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, I
1: honestly didn't expect um, the deck to be that effective, um, and I, there were some really tight games there, so I don't know if I could repeat the uh, experience. I also wonder if, um, I wonder if the style of the deck took people by surprise, and you know, in another match, would they be able to um, sort of counter what I was trying to do? You know? I think that's one of the best parts about
0: like, being creative. <laughs> yeah. Is that if you play something that is typically not considered the norm, mm-hmm. then you really, really throw your opponent off, and then in in theory they lose game one, and then the pressure's on to win game two. And when there's pressure and when there's a sense of urgency, uh, you know the other player will tend to make mistakes, and then hopefully you can exploit them. So I think it's a good strategy and. Uh, it's something that I kind of almost had lined up in another way, and I won't give any uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. hints here and there. But you know, I was talking to you about it, uh, you know, before the tournament, and uh, um, actually Benny, who was the <laughs> TO, was like, obviously, you know, I he because i had practiced them a little bit, and he goes, I oh, mean, I really like this 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 deck over here. And uh, I don't know why, but I, I went with uh, Aggro, so lesson learned, always listen to, to Benny. <laughs> yeah, that so, could be a
1: good idea, maybe for the next one.
0: Yeah, maybe for the next one, but uh, we'll see. Um, keeping it on the wraps for now, but uh, it is something that uh, you may not expect, but I won't share the Warband nor style at the moment. Yeah, we'll and, and
1: I think that's one of the cool things about, um, kind of like what we were talking about earlier, the stage that then the sort of level that the game is at. Um, Maybe, like, the level of maturity where the meta is at, I guess. Um, And, you know, how good everybody is. Um, And really just us having played it for a little while, one of the things that I'm sort of... One of the ways I'm finding to enjoy the game more is to try this weird stuff. Um, You know, like... uh, And I I think a lot of other you know, really good players are doing that, too. Like, one of the reasons I thought of this McGorr's deck was, um, you know, back in January, Jimmy was trying to do a full hold objective, temporary victory, supremacy um, McGorr's deck, and, you know, I think it probably caught a lot of people up by surprise. Um, I think he ended up going 3-1 and one, um, in the UK, which, you know, is pretty hard. Um, so, you know, I, I just think it's a lot of fun to do that kind of thing. And even though I think everybody you know, has a lot of games under their belt and they know, um, a lot of the time they'll know what to expect. I think if you can throw somebody, uh, something they're not expecting, um, maybe that isn't something that they've practiced as much, you know, that adaptivity and, um, you know, just the ability to figure out what you're doing and then stop it, you know, in a 30 minute match, you know, or a 30 minute game, you know, so. Exactly.
2: It's a lot exactly. of fun to do and I,
1: I don't know if I'll play this deck again because I feel like, uh. Kind of ticked that box for me, <laughs> but uh, I'm curious to know what will pique my interest the next time. I don't, i still too fresh off this one to really have considered it, but uh, I'll have to see. Yeah. And maybe we'll get new war bands and cards soon, and it'll be something crazy that we weren't even expecting, you know.
0: Well, in theory, it's like three four days till the end of the month. Yeah, so. hopefully it's...
1: You know, it's
0: maybe we'll get them in one week or two weeks or, or four weeks. It might be the last weekend of <laughs> August. We don't know. but
2: uh, Yeah, I think, I think when it's they not.
1: did October, it was like early November that anything actually came out. So well, hopefully it's oh, not. Oh, God. Well, maybe, maybe it will be. Uh, we'll know so,
0: well, yeah, because September orc, comes orc-temper. after. So. I don't know. <laughs> it could be Orc Gus. Hopefully. Og Orc. <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna try it's anymore. Agork, Agork, <laughs> ogork, ogork. Okay. Well hey listen, um, congratulations again on on an awesome deck, awesome strategy and uh awesome performance. <laughs> Thank you. And um I'm glad one of us can uh, can make it, uh you know, team team thing there yeah. and uh your boy has been struggling <laughs> as of late, so
1: Yeah, I mean I don't think uh, really either of us have done particularly great in the last couple of months. So
0: yeah, I mean, I think it comes on a couple things, yeah. right? Like lack of motivation, lack of practice.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, so, uh, it it is what it is, but um, it's weird. Like, and and uh, people who really know me will know this, <laughs> and then you do too. Like, when I lose, I get more motivated. Yeah. Um, but only like when I lose, in like the worst <laughs> ways.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, so like, cause like, if I just like. You know what I'm saying? So um, you know, like I think the fact that I got like destroyed by dice in certain situations, like really wants me to build a deck with like dice don't really matter as much, yeah. just to see what it feels like. Because I have generally shied away from control, mm-hmm. and like I'm an agro player at heart, and my my uh, performances in the past that have done me well have been with aggro warbands. Yeah. Um. But maybe maybe it's time to try something different. So. Well, and
1: I think that's one of the good things we can do during this time, when you know the main outlet we have is the online events is to kind of explore new stuff and um maybe round out the parts of our like play skill that you know we're not the most practiced with so i think that's great
0: yeah super excited um it's funny actually we didn't think we we're gonna record a two-hour episode today <laughs> um we were both like yeah let's just knock it out hour 15 but um i think we've covered a lot of cool topics today and, and some great conversation and it was really nice to get some of those play by plays, and it was really nice to share some of them as well. Yeah, so, it's um, been a while
1: since we've done I'm, one, so I I enjoyed it. I had fun.
0: Yeah, yeah absolutely. So looking forward to doing that again uh, with the next event, and hopefully, you know, continue to do them with the in person events. But uh, we're gonna go ahead and jump to uh, you know towards the end of the episode here. Or so uh, before uh, Jonathan does the outro, um, as always. Um, If you have any questions uh, or comments, please let us know. Please share them with us on Discord and our Facebook. Um, As I mentioned earlier, our next episode will cover the Alliance format, and we'll talk about the league that we've both been running together on our Discord. So, uh, as always, we welcome any and all sorts of questions, whether they're with the game or personal, but if you have any particular questions that are pertaining to the Alliance format, that would line up perfectly and be ideal. So thank you very much in advance uh, for asking those questions and for listening in general, really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, everyone, that is it for this episode. If you have any feedback, questions, or comments, let us know on Facebook at Path to Glory Podcast. You can also follow us on Podbean, where you can find the show notes for this episode. Rate us on iTunes, as it helps, or iTunes rather, as it helps more people find us. If you'd like to support us in more tangible ways, you can also join our Patreon at patreon.com slash path to glory. That's also how we will be funding prizes and things for our different leagues. Um, Thanks for listening, and we wish you the best of luck on your path to glory. Honestly,
0: man, I'm just pissed. Growl, single, crit me three times in a row.
1: (laughs) Hashtag Ogork. Nice.